0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Secrets Behind the Music Business. I'm your host Barry Victor, and today we have with us a very special guest by the name of Giff, who is a music data scientist, an artist advocate, and the creator of Pay Us No Mind. Giff, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how you doing, buddy? Nice to be a guest, man.
0: Thank you, man. I'm doing well. I appreciate you being on the show today, and I'm looking forward to learning a lot.
1: Ah, that's all good, man. Just yeah always open to talk or have discussions about music and marketing and analytics and you know let's have a good just have a good discussion man like what's going on how's how's everything with you man how you feeling man
0: everything's good with me man I've, I've been learning a lot through this show um people have been hitting me up about it you know just saying how beneficial it is to them and people have even been hitting me up to be on the show because they want to share their information. So it's a, a just a, a great community, you know, for artists, songwriters, musicians. Uh, we've had lawyers on here, different people just from all within the music ecosystem. So, you know, I, I happen to learn a lot from you. So I gotta say thank you and shout out to you first, you know, just um, the platform that you've provided on YouTube. I've learned so much just about digital distribution and, you know, a lot of things around that area that have helped me. So um, I'm pretty sure what you have to offer would definitely be beneficial to mainly the target audiences which is a uh, independent artists. so that's what I'm hoping to um you know I want to touch those people with the work that we do through this
1: podcast yeah man definitely man much appreciated man so
0: how how I usually like to um start off is just you know finding out how did you step foot into the music industry like did you start as a manager or artist producer or, or was your initial jump into
1: it on the business side I mean, my initial jump into the music industry is how a lot of people get into the music industry. It's just the music aspect of it, right? Because, I mean, coming from the hood, you know, that's what everybody kind of gravitates towards, you know? So it's like, you know, a, a lot of us don't, you know, wasn't coming up with like the resources and stuff like that, they'd be managers because especially when I was doing music, you know, back then, if you was a manager, you know, you needed the funds to put people in the studio and to get music recorded. And, you know, people ain't have home studios like they do now. So, you know, going to the studio, you had to go to like an actual studio that mm-hmm. was charging like $40 an hour. And, you know, you had to bring a real, you know, those big ass reel that you had the lug to the studio with you. So it was like, you know, a lot of us wasn't in the financial position to do that. So we wasn't really getting involved with the business aspect. So, you know, everybody kind of found their way in through either being an artist or a DJ. You know, that's kind of how everybody found their way in. They became an artist or a DJ. And then, you know, whether they were successful, if they weren't successful at that, they still loved it and they wanted to be around it. So, you know, they took their experiences and then they tried to, like, pass them on to somebody younger. You know, myself, I was just always interested in the other aspect, you know, like, I would always be in the studio and be more concerned about, you know, just the the other things, man, like arranging and, and, and stuff like that and then you know, I just had certain older people that put bugs in my ear. You know, like I had a, a music teacher named Emery Jones, right? Shout out to Emery Jones in high school. You know, and he sat me down one day. You know, back when I was in the resource room. That's right for those kids out there that's in the resource room. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a <laughs> part of life. You know, yeah, so whack, when I was in the resource room, you know, uh, me and my friends, we like, yeah, we rap. And he's like, you rap? Like, he's like, yeah, man, you know, you don't want to get signed. You want to do your own thing, you know, so you can own everything, you know, and be in power. And I was like like 14 at the time, but I was just like listening. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, you know. And that kind of ruined me because I was after that, you know, I was just looking at everything from the standpoint of I think I can do this on my own. And I always wanted to challenge of succeeding at doing it on my own. So I was never really sure that I wanted a deal because I wanted to prove that I could do it on my own, you know? So from him putting that bug in my ear to my man Tone, who was managing me, you know, when I was an artist and trying to do it like that, you know, he had bought that book, you know, everything you better know about the music business. And he gave that to me, you know, when I was around 15 and I read that book, you know, and gained a lot of knowledge and insight and stuff. And, I was just thinking different, man. I was thinking different. And then once I stepped away from, you know, all of that stuff and start promoting, you know, my own music and doing music on my own, you know, without management, then I start researching and trying to look out, looking for ways to promote my music and, you know, and, and getting a website done and stuff like that. And I was always somebody that hated you know, to wait on people. So that's one of my pet peeves. I can't stand, I'm very impatient, you know, when it comes to me asking people to do stuff. So, you know, you ask a relative to design a website for you, they drag their feet on it because you're not paying them much. And, you know, it's not a top priority for them. So it's like, okay, teach myself how to do web design. So I teach myself how to do web design. It's like, all right, well, now that I got this website up, how am I going to get people to it? You know, and it's like, okay, well, you start teaching yourself marketing and teaching myself advertising and, you know, just being somebody who naturally gravitated towards computers and stuff. The data and all of that other stuff was just a natural progression for me, you know, just from programming and things like that. So getting into that and just the analytics of it and I kind of just fell in love with it from there. And, you know, here we are just the researching and the analytics and all of that stuff like that was just something that really took a hold of me, you know, and. I start focusing on that more than the art, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you come with those uh, real questions for yourself. Like, what are you, you know, and what, what do you really love to do outside of, you know, what is expected of you? Cause especially, this is a challenge too, for artists, you know, too, who might be struggling with this out there, you know, when you come to a point, right. Cause you could be good at something, you know, but it could just be something that is either not meant for you to do, or just something that you don't want to do, you know, and, sometimes you force it, right, because of the expectations of other people. So when I was doing music, I was really good at it, you know. So I had, like, people who were fans and other people who were, like, just from family members to friends who were looking for me to succeed so they could benefit, you know. So Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, one time, you know, when I was working on the last album that I worked on before I stopped, you know, uh, it was a guy We was in a basement, uh, in his basement party, and he was a friend of like the producer I was working with at the time, and he tells me he's like, "Yo, you our future." And I looked at him and I was like, "How am I your fu-? you know?" That's when you know you think about it, you know, yeah. because it's like people see other people you know come to the studio and they see people interviewing you and they see people what people got to say about the music you know and then you come to a point where you come in there and you got all of these people that you've never seen in your life now acting like they've known you all their life. they're giving you pounds they're giving you hugs they talking about how you they, they yo that's my dude right here this my man and you like i don't even know this guy like that you know so that's like you get a taste of it and you see and for me i, I was just I, it, it it just wasn't the thing for me you know so you know there's a lot of people that you know you disappoint when you step away from it, but you got to go with where your heart is, you know.
0: And did it kind of just rub you the wrong way, and you was like, "Nah, this ain't what I got into it for." Like I was in it for the love of the art, but now I'm being looked at as the person that's supposed to save the whole community.
1: Yeah, that 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 part of it, you know, starts to to make you feel some type of way, you know, because it, you start feeling like you're being used to a great extent. You know, everybody is just like it's almost like you feel like you got vultures around you. Everybody is just waiting for something to pop off so they could pick at the bones, you know, and you kind of feel like, I don't want that, man. You know, and, and you see, you know, how a lot of artists that blow up get into those positions just from that early stage, you know, because once the fame comes, then it's like, you know, those people, man, become the people that be hanging around them, you know, and, and 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 pumping a gas in your head up, you know, and I mean, if you are somebody that falls into that easily, then you can find yourself in trouble, man, you know, because my name was Gift. My name is Gift, right? So mm-hmm. they start being like Gift the Great, you know, and I just be like, yo, don't call me that, you know, because I was not I, those things just make me feel uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? But if you are a certain type of person, that'll inflate your head, you know, they build up your ego. Oh my God, son, you the greatest, you the illest. Oh my god, you know, like, you know, those some people can't talk to you like that and all this other stuff, man. And you know, you have a dispute with a friend and somebody they ready to beat them up and you like like, you know, it's it's yeah, man, it just gets crazy.
0: Did you find that those same people that who would want to depend on you in the future, were those the same people that would be investing in you and supporting you throughout your journey? No. Or was it because, yeah, exactly. That's why I asked that question, because it's usually those people who are, you know, they're not taking the time like how you said you want somebody to build your website and you would hope that this family member does it as if they were working for somebody else. But they're, they're not, you know, they're not spending the time and really grinding out with you to make it happen. But it's like as soon as the success will come, then that will be right there.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, with the website, then with the family member, that's that. You know, that's that you're talking about somebody that's older, they got like a real job, mm-hmm. and that's just something that they they like, oh I'll look out for you. But the, you know, they got top all, other priorities. They got yeah. kids, they got a family. So it wasn't nothing that I was mad at them about. It was just like really they they put me on the path that I'm on, you know, to the extent that, you know, they installed the web program on my computer to be like, okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna put it on your computer and you can fool around with it and teach yourself stuff. So if you need to fix anything, you can't, you know, and that opened the door to me learning a lot of the stuff that I know now, you know, so, you know, they, they opened the door, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, you don't need nobody to do for you what you can do for yourself. As long as people provide you with the opportunity and they open the door and they allow you to learn, you know, that's just as good as, you know, them doing it for you, right, you know? Right. So, it's like, that's the main thing, right? You just want the opportunity. You know, you don't want people to kind of like restrict your ability to get nowhere. You know, you don't want people to kind of hide information that 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 is accessible, that costs them nothing to give you. You know, and a lot of times you have that. You have that in this industry. You have that in communities in general, right? Where somebody know a little bit and they are able to achieve certain things because of what they know, but they don't want anybody else to know that because then they lose their stature if other people are able to achieve what they achieve. So they kind of get off on being a big man on campus and coming out and everybody looking at them and being like, hey, look at what he's doing. You know, so they don't want other people to know what they know because they don't want other people to get that that type of those type of uh those type of shout outs and and, and for people to be looking at them the same way, you know? So yeah, man, there's a lot of of intellectual property that's like it costs people nothing to share, but they just don't. Because, you know, there's so, so, the, the social currency aspect of it, you know, that they want to squeeze out of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's fear based. People don't want to have competitors. And it's like the more you keep people out, the more you get to become that go to guy or girl. And, um, you know, and and I think it's it's not a benefit to everybody else that wants to, you know, either be in that field or is looking to learn because you're so like focused on. Harboring the information, it's just like, man, we could all win and be in a better position if we share with each other. But um, unfortunately, that you know, that's just not the way it is all the time.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a drawback because at the end of the day, we need to rely on each other because at the end of the day, you know, it's a support system, right? It's like, yeah, man, it's it's when when you don't have everybody educated, there's abuses. That's like in in the music scene you know, back when I was on the music scene, it's like performing, you know, you have venues, right. That charge the artist to perform these promoters that come and they say, Hey, you pay us, you buy, you give us a hundred dollars. We give you 10 tickets or, you know, uh, give me $70 to perform or pay $10 or whatever, you know, and they can do that because the artists, you know, are ignorant to the way things work first off and they don't value their music and they don't understand the value of them you know coming out to perform and and all of that other stuff so there's so much that they don't understand where they don't understand the exchange of value you know Mm -hmm. so everybody takes advantage of them and that's where we are period we're art you know, where everybody is getting abused because of everybody else's ignorance. So it's like you can come to the table that's just like, you know, no different than a McDonald's job. You come to the table and you understand what you bring to the table as an employee there and how much, you know, you contribute and say, well, if I wasn't here flipping burgers, then that would jam you up. I mean, you wouldn't have nobody come in here because there wouldn't be no burgers to buy, you know? Mm -hmm. And you carry certain value like that, but you're just one person. So you come in and you say, man, my job is actually worth $15 an hour. But they say, hey, well, the person behind you is willing to do it for eight. So um, you could kick rocks, you know? They got a long line of people that's willing to do it for eight. So no matter Mm -hmm. what information you got that indicates that they should pay you 15, the fact that everybody else will take eight, kind of overrides that, you know, right. and now you got to take eight because everybody else will. So it's the same thing with the music industry where SoundCloud and all these different platforms, they take the music and they use it to sell a website and sell ad dot sell ad space and mm-hmm. all of that type of stuff. And they make all, all of this money on top of the music and the artists are just giving it away for free. You know, and nobody can really force SoundCloud or any of those platforms to change. Because they always got this army of artists willing to provide them with free content, you know. So it's like, yeah, man, unless everybody else becomes educated and start using platforms that provide them pathways for monetization. Then, you know, that's when things change, you know, And when artists say, hey, well, you know what? I'm not going to use SoundCloud because they don't pay me. I'm going to go to YouTube and I'm going to put my music here. You know, or YouTube don't want to pay me. Fine. Okay, I'm going to go to Spotify and everybody goes there and upload their music there and send everybody there. Then YouTube and SoundCloud say, oh, my God, we got to pay people. And that's exactly what happened, really. It's like when Spotify announced that they were going to open up you know uh monetization and allow artists to upload their music directly once spotify announced you had you had like what was it 3 or 4 years 5 years ago that soundcloud announced soundcloud uh, pro, uh soundcloud pro or whatever i forget the name of it um soundcloud premiere premiere pro where they say yeah they're going to allow artists to monetize on the platform but they make it mad draconian where it's like oh well you know you could uh, apply But, you know, we'll get back to you on whether we'll actually allow you to monetize. And they didn't have any rules. Like, it wasn't like, okay, well, once you reach this amount of followers or amount of streams, you're in the program, it was just, don't call us, we'll call you, right? Mm -hmm. And none of the artists was pretty much allowed to monetize. So... They have all of this music and they're selling, using it to sell ad space and using it to sell SoundCloud, Go and all this other stuff. And for four years, they weren't allowing anybody into that program except for the artists that were producing massive amounts of streaming numbers. That was pretty much almost a celebrity status. Right. Mm -hmm. So Spotify comes out and they say, okay, well, artists can upload direct and monetize immediately. And once Spotify comes out and makes that announcement a week later, SoundCloud comes out and they say, hey, we're opening up monetization for all. So it's like competition. Yeah, competition. As soon as Spotify made that announcement, SoundCloud jumps on it ASAP because they were about to lose their workforce. Mm -hmm. All of those artists that they were exploiting was going to go to Spotify and they knew it. So it was like what they could have did four years ago, you know. It, it, one week after a competitor says, oh, okay, we're going to allow everybody to come here and make money, they they reverse course. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like when people are educated and they know stuff, if people were demanding out of them and refusing to use that platform unless they were paying people four years ago, it would have happened, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, and, and and that's why I think it does take like people in positions to make those, those moves to where it can influence the whole culture, because Spotify is a, a big juggernaut, you know, and soundcloud is not on the same level so it's like dang all right our our biggest competitor is undercutting us now we have to do it you know and i think that's it, it probably should be a situation where they're backing us instead of just using us you know what i mean because we're gonna we're gonna bring them the customers that they have anyway like they don't have anything without the content creators so it's like hey you know you guys should be working with us more and also the other point of just like people keeping information like i think it uh it doesn't create a strong team when one person holds all the information because, like, anytime I, I get information, I like to share it because I don't want, you know, people calling me all the time for everything. Like, yo, how do you do this and do that? Because what if something happens to me or some, you know, body on a team and they've been doing everything to keep the team afloat? Now these one two people are gone and then everything just collapses. And so it's like everybody on the team should be trained in some sort of way, just at least with the basics and the understanding of how to like, you know, navigate through this music business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody got to be, you know, everybody on the team got to be strong. Everybody, even if because, you know, certain people have a certain aptitude towards certain things, but you at least got to have enough information to get along. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, my mom back when we were growing up, you know, it's like she didn't know. You know, like she's not a construction worker. She can't build the house. But if something in the house breaks, she can. She knows enough to fix it. You know, like she knows enough. She knows how to unclog the toilet. Yeah. You know, she knows how to. You know, uh, fix fix a a a a, 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 a light that keeps blinking. You know, so it's certain things where it's like, well, I can keep the house steady. You know, I might not be able to fix something if 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 like the toilet outright breaks. Then then we got to get a plumber. But yeah. you know, if it just is clogged, I'm not stuck. You know, so everybody got to at least know enough to get along, you know, until they find themselves in a position to hire somebody that can actually like, you know, really take over. You know, so it's like, yo, man, you got to know you got to have at least a basic understanding of many different things, you Mm -hmm. know, so you are to if, if for nothing else to know when you're getting robbed. Right. Like you might not know everything about entertainment law, but if you know enough. To know whether your lawyer is bullshitting you or not, you know, then you'll be you'll be fine. You know, if you come in and you don't know anything, then they can just tell you anything, you know, sit there and speak in legal jargon. And you don't really know what the hell is being said, you know, which is a a common thing in this industry, too, you know, where a lot of people don't understand things because the people that's supposed to know this stuff don't speak about it in a way that they will understand, you know, and a lot of that also plays into the fact of, you know, uh, how. We as people kind of assess value, you know, people want to feel like they're speaking to somebody that what they know and other people take that and think, well, if I speak to this person in layman's terms, they might think I'm not educated in this. So let me use these industry terms to wow this person. So they feel like, well, like this guy really knows this stuff. He's using all these big terms, you know. And at the end of the day, the person walks away and don't really understand what the hell you said, right. you know, but it's like.
0: You ain't fooling nobody but yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, that's the main thing. The main thing is communication. You know, it's like, it's, that's actually a sign of ignorance. When you're talking to somebody and using words that they don't understand, because that kind of defeats the purpose of communication. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. what, what, How? you know, it's like, you know, you speak, you speak, you speak Spanish. You're talking to somebody that speaks Spanish but you want them to know how well you speak English. So you're going to talk to them in English, even though they don't understand the language. When you could speak to them in Spanish and have them understand what the hell you're saying. Like, what's the point? You know, do you want to impress them or do you want to be understood?
0: Right. And I've seen like how just like basic information, it can defer people from, you know, taking care of that business because it seems, you know, just so like on another level where uncomfortable, Comprehendable, you know what I mean Because I have a lot of the music business books But I've been, like, kind of studying it for a while So over time, I'm starting to pick up on certain terms But I be wanting to share them with my friends and stuff And it's just, like, I know, like, if I give them this book about contracts They probably won't understand it right off the bat Like, you can't just jump into it So, you know, I, I try to start them off with, like, smaller books That, you know, just give basic information Or send them articles or, like, YouTube videos like yours Because, you know, even saying, here, this is something that can release your music versus saying you need to get with a digital aggregator. It's like, what is that? I don't know what an aggregator is. You know, and um, you can still reach the same goal without having to, you know, speak that language that just makes you sound smart. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's supposed to be the
1: purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's the first purpose is to educate, you know. It's, you know, like a teacher. A teacher, you know, they ain't going to come in and start teaching advanced you know like you're not going to just start somebody somebody that doesn't know math at all you know you're not going to start them with calculus you're not going to come in and start teaching calculus to somebody that doesn't know basic addition you know you're just not going to do that you know so it's like yeah man for a lot of these folks man that's where it's a lot of confusion comes in play man because people don't know you know and then i know for myself you know it's just a lot of double talk right because people will go and they, they 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 ask you a question and then they go and they look at all of these different sites and then they come back and they'd be like, "What I read here. And it's like, yeah, you know, that information is inaccurate, you know, because a lot of times people don't. And that's the thing, too, Where even things like Google searches. Right. A big part of what you get back is knowing what to search for, you mm-hmm. know, so. If you run the wrong search, then you get the wrong answers, you know? So it's like people don't don't really know what the hell to look for. So they look for certain things and then they get certain answers and they say, well, this thing says that. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, like, and for me, you know, it's always a big thing kind of just explaining this landmine of all of these different moving parts with, with digital music, you know, and all of these different aspects of YouTube and all of the monetization differences that break down from, hey, you get paid. Uh, Content ID, you know, they take a percentage of your revenue, uh, but you can direct, you can uh, upload direct and monetize direct, but there's a threshold of this. Uh, a, a monetization threshold, and you know, there's a uh, multi-channel networks and uh, YouTube topic channels and 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 standard channel, all of these different stuff. You know, where people look and they like, oh my god, it, it makes their head explode. You know, <laughs> so much but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 important stuff because you know, at the end of the day, it it, it comes down to you know, it, it's things that affect your your ability to make money off of your music. You know, so it's things that you got to learn to wrap your head around and 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 know what's up man and one thing i see man is like i said again you know there's so much information out there you know a lot of artists end up just kind of like overlapping right where they get registered with like multiple companies that do the same thing right. you know yeah. like they'll say hey i've registered with sound song trust and and and, and, and tune core publishing and <laughs> and all of this It's like yo those companies do the same exact thing bro yeah. like yo well how do you feel about uh What's that other site? And some um, of them work for the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them are just like resellers, basically. Yeah. They just like uh upsell the, they just increase the price of whatever the company that they're selling from is priced. So if if, if Song Trust says sells uh they service for a hundred dollars, they'll charge you two hundred dollars and they'll say we do our, we do uh music publishing, but they don't do publishing. So they they're using Song Trust and just charging you an extra hundred. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, you know, that's the thing to always be leery about too. You know, you there's always cheaper to go to the source, you know, to investigate right. a little bit and find out what the hell they're using, you know, and just always too, the contracts, you know, that's a lot of things too, with with the internet where nobody really looks at the terms of agreement. You know, everybody just they look at the price, right? They look at the sticker price. They say, Wow, this is only twenty dollars. Great. Sign off. You know, and it's like, yo, you look at some of these uh digital distributors. And in terms of agreement, some of them are like, they don't allow you to audit them. You know, they're like, well, if if you have a problem with our books too bad, (laughs) you don't get no auditing power, you know, uh, they, they force you to arbitration, you know, so you can't sue them, you know, so no auditing power, no, no ability to sue, you know? And it's like, those are like, those, those are red flags. You know, if you read a, a, a terms of agreement and they're saying you can't audit them, and you can't sue them, that's a distributor you don't want to use because you boxed in. Basically, they can rob you, and you can't do nothing about it.
0: Yeah, and especially if the whole purpose is to be able to make money from it, and then you can't even audit them to see what's going on with your money, like, uh, definitely a red flag. All right, so what I wanted to get into next, because I know you have what's called Pay Us No Mind. Now, can you tell us, the uh, listeners, what the overall goal and purpose is of that?
1: personal mind is, is just good information for, for artists by artists, right? Because I'm an artist and a friend of mine, you know, we started it together, you know, but he moved on to something else, man. But it's like it just provides information for artists, everything from data analysis to critical analysis of all of these tools and stuff that, that artists use and just like going in detail about these platforms and 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 doing things like reading the terms of use and and going through the FAQ and finding out things that they don't want you to know you know just researching all of this stuff and just really giving you a a a a a a real detailed overview of what they are, you know, and what they do. And also finding out other things, you know, from other services that might be beneficial to artists, to, you know, different industry changes from the news and the modern music modernization act and all of that type of stuff. And trying to explain that in a way for artists to understand and things like that, man. So it's just a a resource, a information resource, you know, that's why I consider it's like artist advocacy, you know, in addition to, you know, uh in addition to just being a a place for you to find out about, you know, which digital distributor to use is is also just a place for you to find out, you know, uh, how things impact you as an artist, man. And and, and what you might need to do to get more Mm -hmm. out of uh, whatever it is you're doing.
0: Yeah. And that kind of leads into my next question, because yeah, you mentioned that one of your titles is an artist advocate. So can you talk about what that means and and looks like for you? Because I know it can be different for different people. You know, there might be people that are, Um, lobbying to get bills passed you know or working with different folks that are trying to change laws and you know change rates and things like that what exactly are you focused on in terms of how you're advocating for
1: artists hey i advocate for artists in the sense of just investigating how they're being abused you know and highlighting it and spotting spotting a highlight putting a highlight on it and trying to rally artists to basically kind of do something about it you know like the main thing really is people can't respond to things that they don't know is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. So to a great extent, you know, it's just music journalism, you know, like I, I put up a, 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 a video and also, you know, an article about SoundCloud. Like I was talking about SoundCloud at the top of this video before they monetized, right. I did a video on them about how they was just basically robbing artists, you know, cause they was, they, they say, okay, well, you know, um, if you're not allowed to monetize we're not making no money on you because off you because you know we don't advertise we we your, there's no music playing before there's no advertisement playing before your music plays but at the same time you know if you send somebody to their website from a link, right? Like, let's say you link to, to your, mu- your, uh, your music on SoundCloud from Facebook and somebody go there, the first thing they're, they're confronted with is an ad. So they are monetizing you, you know? Your traffic is being monetized. So now you're you're working for them as a brand ambassador and you're not getting anything out of it. So it was just to highlight how they're doing that, to highlight how, you know, uh, with SoundCloud Go, their streaming platform, right? Where if you don't have your music set To restrict offline access, right? Where people can download it to listen to it when they don't have an internet connection. If you don't turn that off, then people who subscribe to SoundCloud Go and pay them $10 a month can pretty much download your music for free and listen to it whenever they want, you know? And that totally kills incentive to buy, incentive to buy or incentive to go anywhere else to stream your music because they essentially have a download of it and they have ownership level access of it mm-hmm. without having to pay anything for it, right. you know? So it's things like highlighting that, man. It's things like highlighting, you know, a lot of the the, the suspect behavior of, of uh, music collection societies like SoundExchange, you know, and the way that they operate with their their monetization thresholds and not allowing you to see you know things like a royalty statement until Mm -hmm. you know you reach their payment threshold is ASCAP and BMI and the way that they calculate payments and 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 the way that they they allot you know uh listening hours Mm -hmm. and, and 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 market share breakdowns and stuff so it's just it's just Journal a lot of a lot of journalistic stuff man highlighting things and digging into the details of all of that All of those types of things man Mm
0: -hmm. now Are you reaching out to the executives of these companies to get the information or how are you? Finding out this information and and when you do share this information Are you getting any pushback or backlash from the people who are associated with those companies?
1: (laughs) I mean, no, you don't get no pushback because everybody kind of knows that most artists don't care, right? Everybody knows that artists deal with what's in their hand, right? They know that most artists aren't really even thinking about things like ASCAP royalties and stuff like that because the system is so mucked up that they never really make no money from that anyway so even the artists that signed up they don't really get no ASCAP royalty checks like that where they would be really concerned about what's happening there so for me it's like an uphill battle and making up trying to get the artists to even care about it first right so it's a lot of times when I'm talking about it it's only a, a few people that's even interested in knowing and then everybody that when once they do know is kind of defeated because it's like hey well what do we do about this you know know. we don't really have any power you know and for that purpose you know those people who are in those positions that run those companies they don't really care if people talk about it and highlight it because what i'm saying isn't new stuff there's other people that have said these things before and that have highlighted these things before but it's like i said again man artists don't care the artists who are making enough money for it to matter they get paid so they don't care you know it's only the artists that you know aren't making money that it affects you know because those are the ones that they steal from but at the end of the day you know the main thing is like everybody's pennies together add up to a lot of money you know so it's like with the music modernization act you have a, a rule that states okay well if people haven't collected their royalties or or put in for their royalties in three years you know the royalties get pulled and paid out to the top income earners right everybody loses it it expires right but you look at it and you say okay well only company that collects mechanical royalties is harry fox agency and harry fox agency only allows you to collect mechanical royalties if you release music through a third party which is like a record company so if you haven't released music through a record company you essentially can't collect your your mechanical royalties because it's on spotify and apple music and them to like find every single individual artist that or songwriter that's released music on a platform and find out their addresses and write checks out to them and and send it to them, which they don't do because it takes too much to do that. So they just don't pay you. And all of these artists and songwriters are sitting around with all of this this money that they're owed from these streaming platforms, from the mechanical royalties, but they don't know that they got to register and all that other stuff. And by the time they figure it out, the royalties expire, you know? And the the Music Modernization Act came along with a ruling, right? That stated that, As long as Spotify put into the copyright royalty board that hey, well we know that we owe the mechanical royalties, but we can't find these people. You know, if they tell them, if they tell a copyright society that, then then. They're not responsible anymore. Right. And before before the Music Modernization Act, even if they couldn't find you, if you found out they owed you mechanical royalties, you could sue them. And that's what all the class action suits were about. All of those people that were suing Spotify, they say, well, our music have been on Spotify and it's being streamed and we haven't been paid the mechanical royalties. You owe us. And they kind of expected that because they weren't paying people and they knew they weren't. So it's like, OK, cool. When they form and they come to court and sue us, we'll just give them the money and they have a slush fund set up for that. Right. But the Music Modernization Act came along with that, 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 that clause that states, hey, now they say, hey, well, we don't know who to pay. And we're telling you that. And these people haven't claimed their royalties. And now you can't sue them. So once once it got signed into into action, anybody that hasn't sued Spotify for the mechanical royalties now cannot sue Spotify for the mechanical royalties. So whatever you haven't been paid, you'll never be paid. It's just in the wind. Right. And all of the money for future references, all of the money that's being earned now, if you don't collect that in three years, that's just off the books, too. So it's like all of those uncollected royalties also go to the top income earners. So all of the big major publishers and all of that other stuff that was so excited about this, they were excited about it for a reason. So my, I forgot what article it was. Really, it was multiple articles you know, that was written that showcased the fact that publishers, the main publishers like Sony ATV and them, they stand to get like over a billion dollars in unclaimed royalties. They're going to collect a almost a bit over a billion dollars in unclaimed royalties from artists whose music they do not represent. You know, these are, are songwriters like me, songwriters like you, songwriters from all these other artists that never claimed their royalties or just didn't really know where the hell to go. You know, they get that money now. That money gets to them. And then you question and you say, well, even in a system like that, why does the money trickle upwards? Why is the money? Why is the unclaimed royalties going to the people who aren't the most rather than the people who aren't the least they need it the most? You know, if what they say. It's true where they say, well, we care about artists and this is about artists making a living and how's the artist supposed to make a living? And we want to make sure songwriters can pay their bills. But it's like clearly you don't because you want to take these these unclaimed royalties and pay them out to artists who are making millions. And, and, you know, so it's like, yo, man, and, and ASCAP and all of these different PROs, it's, it's structured the same way. It's all the money that they pay out is all based on market share, where most of the money goes to the top income earners. And any money that doesn't get claimed goes to the top income earners, you know. So it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess, man. And people blame the streaming platforms and they say, well, what Spotify pays for royalties is a sham. And it is. But at the same time, you know you need to get that money period and if your pro or whatever uh royalty uh collection society is corrupt and and just manipulate the system where if you are not a big established artist making millions of dollars you don't get the money anyway then that's a problem that has to be fixed too you know
0: so do you think the incentive for them giving it to the bigger artists labels and publishers is so that they don't pull their catalog from their service
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, for PROs like ASCAP and them. Yeah, definitely. You know, they need they, they need those guys to stay on board. So they want to make sure that they get most of the money because at the end of the day. Right. What it is, it's like a pie, Right. You got a pie. You got eight people. You got eight slices. Everybody get a slice. You add 16 people. You got to cut those slices in half. You know, you add 32 people. Now those slices get cut in even more halves. And the, and the, and the more people you add, the, the smaller the slices get. So if you're like Beyonce, you know, are you going to settle for like a half of a half of a slice? No, because you're like, well, I bring most of the value here. Why should I settle for half of a half of a slice? But maybe that is what you realistically are are old in the breakdown of the actual, you know, way that the royalties royalties are supposed to be calculated, right? But she's not going to settle for that. You know, she's going to say, well, where am I going to get most of the money at? You know, and she might leave and go elsewhere, which a lot of them are doing anyway, because you got now new PROs like GMR, right? That that was like created by Pharrell and Irving Azoff and those types of people. And that's the point, point of people going to GMR and those new companies popping up because less less artists, right? Bigger yeah. pie, everybody gets bigger slices, you know? So a lot of those artists are leaving ASCAP and stuff like that anyway, you know, and going to those smaller companies where they keep more of the money. You know, there's less people to split it with.
0: So is it not uh like something that's mandatory or is there uh no repercussions for them to not send out the notice of intent because they're not supposed to have your music on there without letting you know correct
1: what you mean like the streaming like platform?
0: yeah the service providers because they're saying oh we don't know who to pay because we don't know who it belongs to but aren't you supposed to send a notice of intent to say hey
1: we're using your music on this platform yeah but the notice of intent does not go to like the the songwriter is himself right that goes to the copyright people right the copyright organization or whatever right that's just them letting those people know hey we don't know who to pay you know and to kind of like absolve themselves of having to pay you know it's not notifying you or me you know or whoever they owe so it's like the notice of intent man isn't really you know that's just that really that's just a cop-out
0: is that, like, specifically for Harry Fox? Because I've gotten them from, um, from music reports. Like, they'll send me some and say, yo, we're using your music on this platform. Like, I've probably gotten, like, four or five different letters saying which service is going to use it on. So I don't know if there's a difference between, like, Harry Fox versus music reports or, you know,
1: another service that would provide that. I mean, I've never gotten a, a notice of intent, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you are, somebody that is signed with Harry Fox agency, then that's an agency, right? And it's easy for them to report to an agency than it is individual people, right? So if it's a company, then that's just a centralized place that they can send send reports to. Right. right. So the whole thing is, you know, it's just way difficult when you are dealing with individuals to say, oh, track down each person mm-hmm. and send stuff. So it's like any organization that's responsible for collecting the mechanical royalties. They can send these letters to, you know. But if you are not signed with an organization or no company, you know, that they can send those letters to, then, you know,
0: got you makes sense.
1: You probably don't know anything. You don't know what the hell is going on.
0: Got it. Okay. Now I know some of your uh, your popular videos and some of the main ones that I watched were based on um digital distribution. So based on your own experience, what seems to be the best digital distributor for independent
1: artists and like what's your reasons for picking that distributor i mean there isn't any there isn't a best mm-hmm. right there's only like different circumstances and situations and what's best for certain artists in certain circumstances and situations right so you know if you release like a ridiculous amount of music every year you know then dispro Kid might make a lot of sense for you you know if you you know make money from your music you know uh, Tunecore might make more sense for you because, you know, you want to keep more uh, of the proceeds. Right. You know, if you are concerned about, you know, making money for your music, like you think your music isn't going to sell and you want to hedge your bets to some extent and also get like uh, all of the bells and whistles and, and, and the top uh the best uh digital distribution service you could get you know then cd baby might be the better bet for you you know the thing i would just say for a lot of artists is just to always you know kind of analyze it and look at it from like all consider all things right like a lot of artists look at something like DistroKid and they say well wow they only charge you 20 dollars a year for unlimited distribution but for a for, to a great extent right it's kind of like uh what you call uh it's like you know the no frill cereal, right? In the in the in the aisle, like they got Cocoa Puffs, and mm-hmm. then they got like Toa Puffs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's a knockoff. Yeah. You know, it's like you're paying less for a cheaper product. It's a cheaper product. It's not like they're giving. It's not all things equal. It's not like you're getting the same thing that you would get with using a TuneCore or a CD Baby with DistroKid for twenty dollars. No, you're not. You know, they're giving you less. You're paying less, and you're getting less you know, so $20 a year for unlimited distribution, but they they don't even allow you to set a release date, right? So you can't set a release date. So your music just will come out whenever it comes out, right? You know, could be this week, could be next week, could be next month, you know, whenever it comes out, it comes out right at random, you know, so there you can't really plan, you know, you can't really strategize anything around that, you know, and now where you got you know, Spotify saying, "Okay, well, give us three weeks ahead of time, and you can submit for playlist consideration." Things like that is out the window. You know, pre saves pre-orders, all of that type of stuff is out the window. Planning is out the window unless you're going to pay them thirty-five ninety-nine a year. So, if you want pre-sale, if you want to do pre-order, uh, uh, if you want to be able to set a release date, then you're not talking about twenty dollars a year. You're talking about thirty-five ninety-nine a year, right? And then it's like, okay, well, if you want to monetize your YouTube videos. Which you can't do, you know, directly unless you're uh, unless you meet the threshold, right? Unless you got a thousand subscribers and four thousand hours watched in the past year, you can't monetize on YouTube. So the only way for you to monetize is through content ID. And Discrow charges what, four ninety-five per per single per year for, for YouTube content ID and like what, like fourteen dollars per, per album per year for Content ID. So now that's tacking on another $14 and change per year on top of the $35.99 per year that you have to pay for unlimited distribution. And that $14.99 is per album per year. So now that is another annual fee per release that you have to pay just for Content ID. And then you have things like you know uh, Shazam that they charge you $0.99 cent per song per year. Extra for it. so it's 99 cent extra for Shazam, and then it's 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 seven dollars and change for a Store Automator or Maximizer rather that allow that that adds uh that gets your song added to the new stores as they come, you know which a lot of artists overlook, but it's like a lot of the artists that I deal with, you know you go go to something like Amazon uh Amazon Unlimited which came out a few years ago and they distributed their music before it was even existed, and their music isn't there. You know, you look at things like Apple Music and music isn't there. You look at things like Tidal, you know, and Pandora music and their music isn't there because those came after they distributed their album and they're not automatically there. So that means that you're losing money because people will go there and look for your music and if it ain't there, they can't stream it and you can't make money. So it, it, it results in the loss of revenue. You know, a lot of those different streaming platforms they don't distribute to like yandex and stuff that's like major in russia and those places those are places that people might be streaming your music so that's loss of revenue you know so it's kind of like pennywise pound foolish you know you save a few dollars you know if you don't want anything else and you're doing a no frills thing but if you try to come anywhere close to what everybody else provides it becomes more expensive you know, with all of the the fees per release per year, and then they pass transaction fees on you. And they don't have any payment options that don't include transaction fees. Like CD Baby allows you to do direct deposit, and direct deposit comes with no transaction fees. TuneCore allows you to do PayPal, and PayPal doesn't come with no transaction fees. And they all provide other payment options, but the other options come with transaction fees. DistroKid, Every option comes with transaction fees. If you do PayPal, it's a dollar because they charge you. They push the uh, the the amount of money that they pay or that the amount of money that they got to pay for the people that process their transactions on their end. They pay them and they charge, they, they charge you a dollar for that transaction from the digital distributors giving them the money. They pass that fee on to you and charge you a dollar for that and then for you to get your money from them from like PayPal or whatever, they charge you another transaction fee on top of that. So it's the dollar from the people that pay them to process their money. And then it's more transaction fees from PayPal, you know, 2.9% plus 30 cents, you know, and they say, okay, well, it's only up to $2. So they'll never charge you more than $2, but there's still that's $2, you know, the most, that's coming out of your money. So it's a lot of other things that factor into that, man, you know, when you pick in a digital distributor.
0: Now, I remember you did put up a post and you were asking the artists, like, list their names and their projects because you wanted to see if those uh, distributors had actually got their music on those platforms. Now, when you did that research and you found out that they weren't on the platforms that they said they were supposed to be on, what is the reason for that? Like, why wouldn't they be on there? Do they just not care to put them on there? Or are they feeling like
1: the people won't check, you know, to make sure? I mean, what happens is what I noticed was the artists that were kind of taking advantage of the fact that, like, when, you know, Tim Core said, I mean, Digital Kids has unlimited distribution, right? So the artists that were, like, releasing, like, a lot of music in a year, their music wasn't everywhere, you know? So it's like, it was, maybe there's gaps, maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, but I know when, for those artists that were releasing a lot of music, you go to different platforms and you wasn't finding everything that they released everywhere it should be, you know? So, that could be an issue, you know, with them releasing so much music and, and things kind of getting lost, who knows, you know, but that seemed to be a problem, you know, when the artists actually released a ton of music, you know, and also, you know, the thing about them being signed up for the store maximizer thing, if they weren't in that, and they released their music before those streaming platforms were in existence, then their music isn't there either, you know, so... Those things, those are the two things that factor into it, right? A lot of releases uh, seems to uh, cause problems, you know, and also uh, not being signed up for that store maximizer thing where, you know, your music just isn't available because the streaming platform came later. It's a new platform, you know, and your music isn't available there, you know? And that's the thing too, man, where I say for artists, man, who are always looking for bargains and you know, it's like, yo, man, you got to got to you got to go with what's going to provide the best service, you know, and what's going to give you the best pathway. And to some extent, man, a lot of times artists, man, shoot themselves in the foot because it's like music is a business. And as a business, you need things like startup capital and you need to invest in your music and stuff like that. So it's like you got to have a plan. Right. And your plan. Can because I think, and this is like yo, if you remember Lil Wayne, man, and when Lil Wayne flooded the music industry with all those mixtapes, it's like that. I think presented a bad uh, pathway for a lot of artists because it it, it it created this this logic, right, where artists think that more means better, right, where it's like. Little Wayne flooded the internet with with music, and and that's how that's how he really got where he's going. No, Little Wayne was signed first off, right? His job was to make music. You know, he, he his job is just to go to the studio and record. He has a record company that has a marketing and and promotions and resources and stuff to make sure that people are aware when he releases a mixtape. You know, you as an indie artist, you don't have those resources, right? So you come out with a mixtape with 30 songs on it. Son, you can barely promote one song. How are you gonna promote thirty? You know, so it's like you coming out with with four and five mixtapes a year with twenty and thirty songs on them. You know, and you got no money to promote this stuff. It's just like, bro, it, it, it it's not doing nothing for you. So it doesn't really make sense to be coming out with ten and fifteen and you know all these different albums every year. You know, and you'll be better off taking a single song and putting your money behind that one song and trying to get somewhere with that. And then if that song don't do well, try the next song, you know, and 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 move along at, at that, you know, and build up your fan base and stuff like that, rather than releasing all of this music. Because that's why Dispro Kid appeals to so many artists. They think, OK, well, damn, I'm just going to just flood the Internet with, with music and something got to stick. Something going to take off, you know, and it's like, yo, people can't people can't buy what they don't know exists. And if right. they don't know it exists, it don't matter how many you put out. You know, putting out more does not make something, you know, like I, I could write a I could write a million songs. What does that do for me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody if knows no, who you are. Yeah. Nobody knows who, 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 you know, that's like if somebody sell a product, you sell a product. Right. You only are going to press up as many as you think you can sell. You know, so you say, OK, cool. Well, you know, I know. You know, there's 10 people interested in buying this. Let me get 10, you know, or let me get 12 for maybe I could find two more people to buy something. You don't go out and say, yo, let me get 100 because the more I have, the more people going buy. No, no. The more you have, the more it's just going to sit in the inventory collecting dust. Mm -hmm.
0: I believe that's even how the major labels operate, correct? Like they don't just ship out a million copies, you know, to the distributors, based on who the artist is. And I know some artists have had issues with that. Like like Wale, he'll say, you know, they they didn't um, put out as many records as they should, so I undersold. But it's like if they don't believe that you're going to sell that many, then they have to deal with, you know, buying those records back or, you know, the return and reserve fees that are associated with it. So it's like they're losing money by actually pressing those up and putting them out there. So it is smart to kind of base it on, you know, what is your your scale of how much you're going to sell and what's
1: realistic yeah so based on and that's the thing too right a lot of artists don't keep no don't do no record keeping right so they don't know what the ex, what what what, what kind of sales expectations they have you know and when you do things like in tunecore they have a dashboard for you to like to, uh, apply for feature placement on things like in the Apple Apple um, iTunes store and for Apple music and things like that. And that form is very rigorous, right? They want to know what were your first, what, what were your uh, previous first week sales? Like what's your estimated first week sales for this new single or this new album? You know, what were your uh, streaming figures for the first week from the last album or what are your estimated, you know, like they want to know those figures, mm-hmm. you know, and, a lot of artists don't keep those records to even know. So you go through that and you say, okay, cool. Well, well what were they? And the artist is like, I have no idea, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yo, well, then you're just throwing out a whole bunch of random numbers because you don't really know what, what what you actually legitimately, you know, perform you know for your past releases because you haven't been keeping track so you know for a lot of them they don't they're not even keeping track of what's happening man Mm -hmm. you know they just pumping out music and just taking whatever whatever comes you know so it's like yo, man that's even with when it comes to advertising and marketing and stuff you know like they don't do things the right way with that stuff because they don't want to pay you know how much it costs to do things the right way Mm -hmm. because they look and they say oh my god to do to 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 utilize this service or that service is going to cost this much i'm not paying that up front i, I could get around that you know yeah. and what they end up doing is spending just as much money as they would have spent to use that service to do it the right way over a span of time and get in nowhere you know so they might over time right from month to month and what they're spending they might spend like ten thousand dollars by the end of the year and get nowhere you know, where they could have used a company or a service or something like that and spent way less and got way more. You know, but they look and they say, Well, that company's charging a thousand dollars. I don't wanna pay a thousand dollars. That's way too much. Mm-hmm. But it's like so okay, you're gonna spend three hundred dollars a month or two hundred dollars a month doing stuff that don't work. <laughs> you know? Right. And it doesn't make sense, man. And, and and yeah, man. And and social media plays a role in that, right? Because people get caught up in The hype of things, right, where if an artist see a lot of people giving them positive comments and likes and and follows and stuff like that, they kind of get lulled into thinking that the music is doing something that it's not doing, you know. Mm -hmm. And the main thing is, if you're a music artist, your money and everything kind of comes from your ability to not only sell music, but to sell celebrity as an artist right Mm -hmm. like if you can't get people buying merchandise if you can't get people coming to shows if if you can't get those things to happen right then you can't make no money you know and it does not matter if you know you can get a follower on social media you know you can get somebody to follow your instagram account or somebody to follow your twitter account like it's about What do those things mean? Right. If the people who follow your Instagram account or follow your Twitter account, you know, if they don't care about your music or care to buy anything you put out, then what's the value? You know, and yeah, man, that'd be the challenge a lot of times, man. You know, it's like, oh, man, look at that, looking at that. And it's like if somebody sells washing machines. Right. And they hire me as a marketer to advertise for them. And I come to them at the end of the day and I say, okay, cool, well, we spent $10,000 on ads and you got 20,000 Twitter followers and you got 7,000 likes and 80,000 shares. They're going to sit there and be like, okay, cool, that's great. How many washing machines did we sell? And I'm going to be like, none. And they're going to be like, you're fired, you know, Mm -hmm. but in in, in music, people come to the artists with numbers like that and the artists get excited and keep paying them. Because it's like, oh my God, all these people, and 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 they all got these nice things to say about me. But it's like, yo, you made no money, right. you know. The, the people aren't streaming the music, they're not buying it, you know. Yeah, so it's I like, see. what's the value of all of that, man? The social media hype doesn't come with value unless it's it's it's, it's, it's unless people are, are 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 you know responding to what yeah. it is that you do.
0: Unless you're able to actually convert them to yeah, like unless you, you fans. can
1: get conversions, you can't get no sales like bro what's
0: the what's the what's the value of that mm-hmm. you know now there's actually a um a new platform i don't know if you heard of it or distributors called united masters that was founded by steve stout have you heard of that one
1: yeah i heard of
0: them. have you explored it or can, i i don't know much about it but can you tell me anything that you know about it
1: i mean i was because re- somebody else sent it to tell me man and i was reading through the day- Their terms of agreement too, man And I saw something about arbitration And I was just like, "Ah, I don't know And whenever I see arbitration That kind of gives me a funny feeling You Mm. know, so It's kind of like you don't want to
0: give Give you the option to sue us or say anything about it And it's like if you're not hiding anything you're not doing anything wrong You shouldn't be afraid of that
1: Yeah, definitely It's like the the most honest I say the most honest company I see with CD Baby, right, their their terms of agreement was like the most, I guess, like artist-friendly terms of agreement I read out of like all of the ones that I read, you know, because their thing is they say, okay, cool, well, you can audit us at any point, anytime you want to. You know, as long as you hire your own um, person, as long as you hire your own uh, uh, financial person so to to edit the books, mm-hmm. they're like you can have at it. You know, we'll give you access to our books. You can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, all the other distributors also have clauses and they thing that states, well, if somebody claims that you know they own the material that you distributed to, through them, you know, if they somebody is some type of copyright conflict, you know, then they'll 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 take the money. They'll say, okay, well, you know, you can't have access to whatever you earn you know we're gonna hold on to this money you know until this thing is figured out or whatever have you and realistically okay you can understand why they would do that but you can also understand why they shouldn't because whatever conflict you have with somebody is between you and that person and that person can sue you to get whatever they're owed you know and kind of leave the, the platform out of it right so it's like tune core uh, Mondo, not Mondo Tunes, but um, Ditto. A lot of them, you know, have those clauses in there where it's like, well, we'll we'll take the we'll take the money. You know, they say, well, if you we're telling we're saying don't upload nothing that you don't own. And if you upload something and somebody says that they own it, then you lose the royalties. And it's like we know people lie in this industry, so anybody could claim that they own anything. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like yo to just say, okay, well, if somebody claims they own it that you can just debt me on the money I earned. That's kind of crazy, you know? So
0: what so, are they saying they're gonna do? What are they gonna give it to that person or are they just gonna keep
1: no, it? No, they're just gonna they're just gonna keep it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They just they're just gonna keep it, right? C D baby was the only one, you know, that was like, we'll just remove the song, mm-hmm. you know see that that cd baby stands hey if, if 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 this song is 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 if you upload music and somebody else claims they own it we'll take it down you know mm-hmm. they weren't saying they didn't they didn't have language in their terms of use that was like oh we'll, we'll, we'll keep the royalties you know mm-hmm. and that you on that so i appreciated that you know i appreciated mm-hmm. you know the thing about allowing you to audit you know they have language in there that's like okay well if you want to sue you know, um, I forget, I'm, I don't want to confuse them with tune core. you know, because I ain't got that stuff sitting in front of me, mm-hmm. but they allow you to sue. tune core too, you know, they, they just put a cap on it, tune core says, you know, I think you got a year or something like that, you know, when you find something out, you know, you got like a year to suit them, a year to audit them, stuff like that, so they allow you to do it, they just put a time, time frame on it, you know, but it's like, That to me, you know, I'm more comfortable dealing with companies that have that kind of language in their terms of use where it's like, well, you know, if you want to investigate us, if you want to sue us, then okay, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we got nothing to hide. You know, when I look at a a terms of use and I see arbitration and I see, hey, you can't look at our books and all of that type of stuff, it's kind of like, yo, why? Why? Yeah, what are you hiding? You know, and a lot of these new companies are coming up and just kind of taking advantage of, is is it's no different than you know how the music scene was going you know back like like maybe 15 years ago man where it was like you know everybody started becoming managers and everybody started you know trying to do showcases and stuff mm-hmm. because it was more it was more money in exploiting the artist than it actually was in working with the artists right yeah. so it was like they look and they say well people aren't buying music and people don't really care about coming out to see artists so we're just going to do this open mic and charge the artists ten dollars rather than trying to like get some artists that we think have talent and put together like a a, a concert and get people to pay to see them perform yeah. you know And I remember a promoter I was dealing with, I asked him, I said, son, you got an open mic, right? And you got, like, some great performers that be here performing. Why don't you take the top performers and put together, like, a big showcase, you know, and have people come pay to see these guys perform? Like, you're a good promoter. You can get people out. And it's like, F that, man. F that. They nobody, 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 nobody's music fans no more. They're all artists. They're all artists you know so that was the mentality that that he had and a lot of people have that mentality like everybody's an artist so the way to make money is to make money off of the artist so it's like rather than you know providing some type of uh service to kind of like get fans to the artists and to make money from the music and things like that now you just see a lot of services popping up you know for artists To kind of like either do digital distribution or a place for them to upload their music Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that, you know, because that's where all of the money is. The money is eh, the money is just in being a place that allows artists to either upload or distribute or something like that, you know, and nobody is really, you know, really trying to make help you make anything of it because nobody really sees any money in it you yeah. know i think it was damon wayans that was on the radio he was like content is a sucker's game and to a great extent it is you, you 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 pump out and spend all of this time making stuff and then you can't make no money off of it because all of the money comes in just providing you know just a platform for it it's like youtube you know uh, everybody can upload uh videos and stuff to youtube and everybody is scrambling to make money from the music music videos and the content that they upload to YouTube, while YouTube is just making mad money from the fact that people are coming there, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like you upload stuff and from everybody sending their friends and family there and, you know, all of those pennies and percentages of, you know, whatever ad revenue come up to, to them, it all equals a whole lot of money, you know? So it's like the platform, Spotify, same thing, right? They have all of this music there, you know, the individual artists might not be making a lot of Money, But Spotify itself is making a lot, you know, all of these different platforms, Facebook, you know, people come there and get them free content, you know, post all of this stuff, you know, and you're not making no money from it. But Facebook is making a hell of a lot of money, you know, by providing you a platform you know, to showcase your content, you know? So it it, it becomes a situation like that, man. And for record companies, you know, who are finding it harder to sell music and make money from the sale of music, you know, they figuring out other ways to make money off of the artists, you know, Mm -hmm. which is with digital distribution where, you know, you get artists to pay, you know, to release music, or you just take a percentage of what everybody is making And then you don't have to spend out, you don't have to put out no money, right? So it's it's no overhead, you know, really. So it's like, hey, we got 20,000 artists. We taking 20% or whatever from everything that any of them make, you know, maybe one of them, Achieves some success and makes a few thousand dollars and then we get 20% of that and everybody else we're getting 20% here, 20% there. And it's just like the YouTube system where it's like together, all of that amounts to a lot of money. So it's like all of these platforms are popping up to kind of like take advantage of that thing man and 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 they're not really trying to do anything for the artist they're just trying to take a percentage of whatever you, whatever you make man uh, you know it's the same thing with the multi-channel networks those youtube multi-channel networks where you know there's more and more of them popping up every day every other day i get an email from somebody with a youtube multi-channel network like hey we want you in our channel network <laughs> you know and it's like They're not going to do anything for anybody. All they're going to do is take 50% of your revenue or 30% of your revenue. You Mm -hmm. know, that's all they're going to do. You know,
0: it's like they they're preying on that starving artist mentality. Like even even when it comes to things like mixing and mastering. Now you have like systems where you can just send your files over and they'll master it for you. And it's just like you're not even sitting down with them, you know, and, and listening to the actual process. But it's like it's cheaper. I can send some online for, you know, 20 bucks and they're going to send it right back. And now I have what's considered a master track or a mix track. And it's just like, yeah, you all this stuff that's cheap, but it's not necessarily quality. But it's like you said, everybody's making money off the artists and the people on the other end probably just really don't care.
1: Yeah, they don't care. All at the end of the day, they just want you to pay. Right. And as long as you're going to pay, then, you know, you'll get what you get you know, at the end of the day, man, like I was saying, man, you know, the artists need to kind of focus more on, you know, the end game, you know, like the thing that, that used to kind of like annoy me to some extent. Right. And I don't want to say annoy, right. Because I know everybody's at different stages in their career and there's different things that's, that's considered an accomplishment for different people. Right. For some artists, right. It's just, being able to get up on stage in front of a bunch of people and perform. Some people consider that as an accomplishment. You know, I've been to shows and stuff with friends, you know, where you go up and you perform and then you say, Hey, go ahead, go. And, and they just couldn't do it. You know, they couldn't get up there in front of all those people, you know? So for some people that's an accomplishment, you know, but you gotta be thinking big, man, you know, and that's kind of like the only way you're going to get somewhere. So it's like for artists that, You know, you get get, your goal, right? And you cannot be, like, at a point where you're going to celebrate just getting your music on iTunes. iTunes is just a store. It's just a store. You know, it does not mean anybody's going to buy it. It does not mean you made it. It does not mean that you've accomplished anything, really. You just got it in the store, right? So it's like it's not really like a a selling point like that. And if you want to sell your music, you don't even need to go to iTunes. Really, they take 30% of whatever you make and then you got to split that money with your digital distributor, you know? So it's like, at the end of the day, you make more money if you sold your music direct. If you went through something like selling your music on your own website, through Gumroad or or through Shopify or, or something like that, you know? So it's like, it's not like even that beneficial unless you have people who want to buy your music from iTunes and, you know, it's not available there, right? So it's not that big of a thing. But when you look at the selling point for a lot of these distributors, they're not saying, okay, well, here's how we help you sell your music. You don't go to a a distributor's website and see that as the headline. They don't have no, here's how we sell your music. Here's here's how we're going to help expose your music to an audience. All they have there is get your music in iTunes. Come use our service. We'll get your music in Amazon. (laughs) We'll do it faster than everybody else will. You know, we'll get it there overnight. 24 hours, your music will be available in iTunes. You'll get to go to iTunes and see your song is there. And it's like, yo, okay, in what circumstance would somebody need their song in iTunes in 24 hours? What, What kind of shoddy music promotion system do you have Where you're gonna be like, yo, I I, I need it in there 24 hours. I need it. It gotta be in there tonight. Yeah. It's like, does you know, pre- there's preparation that goes into music marketing. There's buildup, right? You got to get people excited. You got to get people motivated to check something out. The only people that need something released in 24 hours is maybe some superstar that wants to surprise their audience. You know, like they say, hey, I want to release a Christmas, a surprise Christmas album. Or somebody goes and do a diss track and they say, hey, I'm going to release this diss track tonight. And I need it in the digital, the, uh, the digital distribution tonight. So by the time Drake wake up, Tomorrow morning he go on Spotify and it's right there. I diss them, bang. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like that's like the only circumstance. So it's like a lot of these artists be caught up with that, man. You know, sometimes when people reach out to me and they say, hey, well, you know, so and so does it in a week. I'm like, bro, why are you concerned about speed? You want efficiency. That's what you want. Do they get it in there the right way? Is everything, you know, uh, spelled correctly? Right. You know, do you have the links that you need? And then outside of that, you know, you have to plan right you have to you know do the pre-saves and 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 give people like the story you know behind the scenes footage of you in the studio stuff like that get people excited about the release before you just plop it out there you know and if you just plop it out there then it really don't matter 24 hours a week next week you know nobody knows about it so what does it matter you know
0: yeah yeah now correct me if if i miss interpreting what you said but i I believe i heard you before say that people asked you why you give out so much free information and they kind of suggested that you you know charge for what you sharing within the music community is it was that something that you kind of alluded to before i feel like i was watching the video and maybe you talked about
1: oh that. yeah i say i say i said that before man i have people because it's like yo man everybody is so used to squeezing the artist right and it's like hey you know we live in a capitalist society right everybody needs money man you know it's just a fact of life right mm-hmm. but like i was saying before man it's with intellectual property is some information it don't cost you nothing to share right mm-hmm. so it's like to the extent that i'm not to the to, i charge for inconvenience right like if if i need to explain something in a manner where it's like, yo, I got to I actually like sit down with you and take time to like go over this stuff or commit myself to talking to you individually, then yeah, that's a charge. That's a consultation, you mm-hmm. know, to sit down and just record a video where I talk about something to like whoever it's in, uh, just finds their way to a music, to a YouTube video, you know, that, the, you know, don't take too much, man. This is stuff that I I I be just doing in my own time. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when I was a kid, I used to write essays for fun. I'm just weird like that. You know, my idea of fun is researching and, and 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 finding out information about stuff and digging and all that other shit. And when I find out things, I like to share. You know, so I share it. You know, and that's just the way it go. You know, and if unless somebody want me to do an advertising campaign for them or they want me to like actually help them with like something specific, you know, then it's like it's whatever, man. I have people email me and be like, hey, what do you think of this distributor? You know, and that's not something I say, hey, well, you got go you, Here's my link to a consultation. You know, I'll just answer, you know, if I got time, mm-hmm. you know, and if I don't have time then you know, whenever I get around to it, you know, I, I answer the question. You know, if they call me, if they email me and they got like 20 questions questions, and it's like, well, I want to know how do you set up publishing as a label? And it's like, well, that's a consultation, you yeah. know? And you know, I think for a lot of people, man, sometimes artists can mess things up because when people do that, right, what tends to happen is, you know, there's abuses. Artists will abuse the system, you know, and and, and try to take advantage and get mad information without spending any money. Like, Yo, well, I got another and another question and another question. And you kind of got that in the butt. Me, I'm somebody that don't get bitter. And in this industry, you got a lot of people that get bitter that say, well, they they trying to juice me and I I'm tired of that. If anybody want anything for me, they got to pay. I'm tired of people taking advantage of me, you know? And that's usually people that, you know, they, they didn't make no money. You know, they didn't make no money and then they find themselves and they're like, well, I gave away all of this stuff and I ain't getting paid, so they got to pay me, you know? But it's like, you know, or people who are just like, money driven and everybody has their their right to whatever it is they want to do and however they want to do things you know whether they want to charge or whether they don't want to charge you know i just do things the way i do things you know Mm -hmm. you know and i try to help people as much as i can you know and i just always have the viewpoint that success has its own rewards you help people you do things you lay a good foundation you know and then your reputation exceeds you right you Mm -hmm. you do things people say well damn this guy helped me along i did this and now i'm successful and sometimes people reach back and do things for you and help you out you know and sometimes they talk to other people about what you did for them and then those other people come you know and do things for you too you know so it's like this free information you know as put me in a, in great positions, man, where I got, you know, big people, you know, that call me, you know, like celebrities and stuff, man, mm-hmm. where I'll be like, sometimes I, I, I'm on the phone and I'm like, yo, is this really this person? You know what man. I'm saying? You know, that's just like, hey, you know, we want to consult with you or hey, we want you to manage this campaign or whatever. And it's like, yo, now, you know, I, I work with you know, people that I really don't need to work with a whole bunch of people. You know, I just work with them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yo, anybody else that's coming is just extra. You know, so it's just like, you know, you can't get caught too caught up in in money. And I know that's hard, you know, for a lot of people, especially people who find themselves in financial, you know, binds, you know. But I mean, one consistent in my life from back when I was just, you know, somebody working a regular job and working with, you know, other people, you know, who were entrepreneurs and stuff, you know, on the side. It was just like the one consistent I always saw was the people who were consumed with money were the people who made the least, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't broke, right? Cause they, they, they were always trying to get money, but they never ever fulfilled their potential, right? It was always, they just always made enough, right? The hustle just always made them enough, right? It got them a nice, it got them nice clothes It got him a gold chain. It got him a good car. You know, it got him hood celebrity, right? They ride around. People see, wow, damn, he got a car. You know, he got jewels. You know, he doing good, you know, but it never got them to a point where they were like, hey, they got a house. You know, they got, they got medical plans for the family. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they got a TV show or something like that. You know, it never got them to that point because they were always Pennywise and Pound Foolish. So when certain opportunities came their way, they were turning opportunities down because it was like, well, I want the most money I can get for this right now. You Mm -hmm. know, and because of that, you know, you lose out on a lot of opportunities. If you look at how a lot of these companies started, Microsoft and all of this type of stuff, they all started from like people throwing around ideas in dorm rooms, you know, and that's like, I guess the main thing that a lot of rich people have over poor people. Right. Is the fact that they don't have to be concerned with things like food and shelter, you know, so they can Mm -hmm. just play around right play around with ideas and come up with stuff and not be concerned about making money off of it, you know, and just, you know, but it's like, yo, to our extent, man, it's like, yo man, you know, you kind of gotta try to manage that as much as you can. Right. You, 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 you try to do what you can do to make money, but you don't, you know, just turn people away left and right. You know, if they can't pay top dollar, you know, like that's, that's the main way to, Kind of like have your business go under, man. You know where you, yeah, man. You find yourself in competition with things you shouldn't be in competition with, right? Like a lot of things, you know. I know, you know, in in the black community in the hood and stuff. A lot of times, man, you will have a restaurant. I've seen a lot of restaurants in Harlem, you know, over the years go out of business, you know, because they open up a restaurant in the hood and they're charging prices that they feel like are competitive to like white restaurants that are similar to them like we're trying to run an uh, 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 upscale establishment here and it's like yeah that's all great but you open up a restaurant in a place where people can't afford the prices that you're charging for the food so it's part of what you charge is part of what people can afford to pay you know you can't just say okay well i'm going to charge you sixty dollars for a meal if people can't afford this and then they go out of business and they say they didn't want to support us we don't support each other and it's like, son, they would have supported you if they could afford the food, <laughs> you know.
0: And it's that like, other community, they had the money to support them, so that's what they could do it. You know the yeah, the,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, man. It's like, yo, man, you know, you, you it, the market isn't just what you want to charge. The market is what people can afford to pay. You know, that's where things like the crypto market and these new exchanges that's popping up. That's where they miss the mark. Where they say, hey, we're empowering artists. You set the price. It's like man if you let the artist set the price they'll say obscene prices because they don't look at the market they just look at what they feel like their music is worth so an artist might say give me $20 for my download cuz I feel like my song is worth $20 and nobody's going to buy that you know, people aren't gonna be like, yes, twenty dollars. You know, mm-hmm. and other things like licensing that they don't really know about, they might undersell themselves and be like, yo, here's a thousand. Give me a thousand dollars and you can use this for your, your movie. You know, and and people, you know, give them a thousand dollars and use it for some blockbuster film, and then they be kicking themselves like, oh, I sold that for thousand dollars. I could have got like thirty. You know, so it's like, yeah, man, this, yeah, man. At the end of the day, everybody's just kind of. Yeah, I lost my train of thought But yeah, <laughs> but, I mean but
0: I think what you do is build trust though So, you know, you giving away free content Allows people to feel like Oh, you know, this guy does know what he's talking about I've seen many videos, or articles, list Things that I can tangibly see And he seems to be on top of it So now I trust him Like I, I didn't ask him a question And he was hesitant to give me an answer And so then you can convert those people into customers, and you said now you do have consultations, and you know celebrities reaching out to you. But I, I'm guessing that's because you were able to put out that free content before and let people believe in what you were doing.
1: And let yeah, see. yeah, 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 definitely, man. It's show and prove, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's no different from hitting the circuit and performing, right? You mm-hmm. perform, and people see your talent, and you know, and they say, "Wow, that guy's got talent. I want to invest in them. You look like you get, you know, we could do something with it." You know, so. I guess it's the same in that sense, right? You get up, you put out free information. People see it; they see the value in it, and they understand, you know, that it can help them, and they and they reach out, man. You know, alright, man. So it's all good to that extent, man. I mean, and that's another thing too, right? With artists, any artist that might be listening, it's like I think artists kind of gotta recognize too, right, that it's not just always, you know, promoting a song. You know, you can promote yourself right as an artist and getting out there and putting your talent on display right like if you're a rapper rap you Mm -hmm. know and you can rap about anything you can rap about you know certain social issues you can rap about anything right Mm because it's like the whole thing is bringing attention to yourself so you look at what's going on and what's popular and what are people talking about and you work that into a verse, a 16 bar freestyle. And you throw it out up on Twitter and you hashtag whatever the topic is. And, you know, you bring attention to yourself. And when you do that, you know, you build up fans, people like your style, like your flow, follow you, you know, you're a singer, you sing covers, you, you act whoever song you singing, you know, you hashtag their names, you bring attention to yourself. And then you build up, you know, a fan base of people who like your like, like the way you sing or like the way you rap. And then you give them a single, you know, a lot of times, you know, when some artists come to me and they want me to advertise their music and stuff it's like I tell them like you're starting too late you know you already have a song right and the song isn't really about anything that's going to bring attention to it it's like an original song that's about just about something personal that nobody is going to be like it might be something named like like love of my life it's like that's not going to like people are not Googling, you know, those types of terms to find song, you know, to find anything really. So it's like, it's not something that's going to like, like, like pull people in, you know? So now you're talking about having to advertise. Now you're talking about having to advertise and push it on people, you know, and advertising costs money. So when you do things, you know, and you build up yourself based on, things that are already popular and stuff like that, man, you know, then you get like the free traffic, you know, and you get the free fans and stuff. And then you can, you know, you leverage those free fans, you know, to get you more. And advertising even becomes cheaper because now you kind of know who your audience is. So you, you spend less money investigating to find out who your audience is, you know? So yeah, man, it's definitely, you know, artists got to start putting more into just, Building themselves up, you know, as artists before they jump into, you know, putting a song out there or an album out there, you know, like just because everybody got home studios and can do it doesn't mean you should do it. You know, just recording songs and albums and and, and throwing them in the cyberspace, you know, because. A lot of times, man, it just results in frustration for them too, you know, yeah. where they just look and they get angry, like, oh, nobody's listening to my music, you know, especially in hip hop. You ever heard that time where people would be like, they don't know about real hip hop? That's everybody's <laughs> yeah. excuse when yeah. nobody likes their music. Oh, yeah, I don't know about real hip hop. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, man, nah, it's, they, they just <laughs> don't know about it at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: So I, I know we talked about like how, um, a lot of artists are being undervalued, but what are some things that are on the horizon that you see helping independent
1: artists benefit more? I mean, oh, man, I don't know, man. Like, for independent artists, it's really, like, it's it, there is nothing that's like, okay, this is going to be good for you, you know? It's what you make of everything, and really, I see things getting worse, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the crypto thing provides, like, Certain opportunities for people to collect money directly, but that's so in the baby stages that who knows, you know, how long that's going to take for everybody to adopt because it's so complicated, right? But on the other end, outside of the crypto, everything is kind of like clamping down and everything is becoming, you know, either you're big and established or kick rocks, you know? So it's like you look at YouTube and the monetization threshold, like, bro, do you know how hard it is for an artist to get 4,000 hours watched? on YouTube in a year. It's a 4,000 hours watch, bro. That's a lot. Artists are not YouTubers, right? They're not uploading a video every week, you know, doing some type of show. You know, they upload a music video, you know, whenever they come out with a new song, and that's it right? And then it's just for people to watch that music video. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not continuously uploading content like that. So for for the vast majority of artists, it'll be years before they're able to make any money Offer their YouTube videos, you know? And then YouTube does the official artist thing, right? Where now it's like you got the topic channels and your music on YouTube music is running through the topic channels that's going through the digital distributors where you got to split the money and you don't gain access to the data. So you don't get to know who's streaming your music, where they're located, you know, uh, how they're finding it. Like those are things that you don't know when your music is running through the topic channel unless they merge your topic channel with your regular channel, you know, in an, into an official artist channel, which they only do if you're fucking, if you're huge, mm-hmm. you know. So, again, you got from the from the, the thresholds to that other thing where, you know, with the official artist channels and all of that stuff is only applicable to people who have. A certain number of, of subscribers already, like 10,000, 100,000, you know, and even things like they got with memberships, you know, where people can pay $5 a month or whatever for access to you or just to support your YouTube channel. You know, you need like uh, 80,000, 50,000 subscribers for access to that. You know, things like Super Chat, you know, it, it's a lot of stuff that's coming in down the pike where it's like, yo, man, if you are not, you know, at this certain level, then, you know, you you can't make no money. You mm-hmm. can't get access to certain uh, stats and certain information. You yeah. know, Apple Music is just top-heavy, period, you know, and a lot of the stuff that they coming out with, like new programs, like all of these programs that these people come out, these platforms come out with, that's supposed to be showcasing new music. It's not new music from, like, indie artists that's just putting It's new music, they say, emerging, emerging acts, right? And the emerging acts... Right. Like how YouTube put LMA up as an immersion act like she has the number one song in the country. <laughs> how the hell is she emerging? Like she's that should look like she's pretty much there. What yeah. are you talking about? You know, so they just taking stars, people that are already big stars and being like emerging. You know, so it's like they're not exposing anybody new, you know? So it's like, man, none of that stuff is, is like if you ain't building your own thing up and you ain't pumping money into yourself and building your own thing, don't really expect, you know, nobody to come riding in and do that for you. Really doors are gonna start closing in on you, you know, and that's what I see happening. You know, a lot of this stuff is a lot of consolidation happening, man. You know, from you know, even the, the places that used to post event you post events to, like uh Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. and song kick and stuff. They're being bought up by bigger companies, Warner Music and all this other stuff. And, you know, when those bigger companies come in, they they start rigging everything to send traffic to their artists and the people who are, you know, under their thumb, you know, and start suppressing stuff for the smaller acts. So it's like it's a lot of that happening, man. You know, and that's why on my show, man, and and, and I kind of uh, switch gears to some extent, you know, because I used to just kind of try to make everything free and everything, you know, was like pay what you want and all of that other stuff and you know, I was just preaching to artists and talking about things from the standpoint of being broke and I haven't no money. And then once I kinda of saw the way that everything was heading, I'm like, damn man, if you ain't got money and and, and, and you ain't investing in yourself a certain way, you are just gonna be stuck. So I just like oh I gotta I gotta talk about things more from a business perspective and just like, yo man, you gotta invest in yourself and you gotta be prepared mm-hmm. to spend and 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 however you figure out how to fund how to get funding you got to figure out something you know whether you do a kickstarter whether you do something because they ain't playing around man everything is consolidating and they're just like yo man either you provide either you bring a, either you bring value or you're valueless you know and that's the way it is man it's like yo if you can't be used you're useless and that's the way they looking at it like man if we ain't making a bunch of money off of you then we don't need you kick rocks mm-hmm. you know and Laya Cohen said as much, right? Because he's now the, the head of YouTube Music. You know, he come out mm-hmm. and he say, hey, well, we don't want artists using YouTube like a museum. We don't want you just hanging up music and in, in there for people to come look at. We want you, you know, basically treating it like a TV show where you logging in every week and you talking about your music and you showing people backstage footage and all of that type of stuff. And if you're not doing that, we don't want you.
0: Wow. That's what it's going to
1: turn into. Yeah, that's pretty much where it's heading. It's heading towards, yo, you are not going to be able to survive as just somebody making music. You're going to have to be a personality Mm. on any of these platforms, right? Mm -hmm. You know, outside of something like Bandcamp. And Bandcamp is something specific to people who are like, almost like, the art scene, right? The people who go to art galleries and stuff like that, those are the type of people who support Bandcamp, right? They they buy music from artists because, you know, they just respect the art. Yeah. So it's like on Bandcamp, you could sell a 99 cent download for $30. Somebody would give you $30 for a 99 cent download just to support the arts. But it's like, how many people out there like that? You know, like Bandcamp is like one of those platforms where if you don't have that type of clientele then you're not going to be successful. I know a lot of artists that's on Bandcamp that can't sell nothing because, you know, the people who they have access to are more, you know, commercial music fans, you know? So they're like, well, it ain't on Spotify, it's not on iTunes. Like, oh, I'm not buying Bandcamp, you know, cause they don't know it, you know, and they're not giving their credit card information to them, you mm-hmm. know? So it's a particular audience that buys from there and if you don't like like people who went to lo-fi hip-hop you know people who are into alternative music you know things like that you know people buy from there you know yeah. who are into that type of stuff you know cheek you know type of people you know so it's like if that's not your clientele then you know yeah man you got to be able to figure out a way to upsell people you know, you got to be a big enough uh, artist to get people out to shows and make money that way. You know, people got to be fanatical enough about you. where They'll buy merchandise. They'll want to wear your face on a shirt mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. Or you got to, you know, coke in the smile it up, right, where you do sponsorships, you know. Hey, give me your, your 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 candy bar. I'll bite into it, take a picture, post it to Instagram, and make money like that, man, you know. Because it's like, yo, with the streaming and everything, it's all top-heavy, man, you know
0: so what is like in your experience now because you said like your videos you kind of switched it to the business aspect so you're looking at it from that perspective so i'm guessing like more the clients that you work with now i'm assuming that they are able to make a living from doing their music so what has been the most lucrative income streams for them is it still live shows as as they've been saying for the past few years or is it more licensing or is it uh the sponsorships and endorsements Which one is kind of becoming the one that's allowing artists to make the most amount of money?
1: I mean, when it comes to earning revenue, you know, it's the outside stuff. It's the opportunities that come their way. It's people that reach out to them. Like, you know, for the most part, you know, the main artists I've been working with have all been females. So when they stuff start taking off, you know, they have like partnerships with bar like or with um what's you call it? Called? Uh what's the name of that store? Forget the name of the uh I forget the name of their store. It's a big clothing uh, mall. Not a mall, but... Fashion forget Fashion No, 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 no.
0: You said it yeah. females?
1: Yeah. Uh, what's their name? It's not Barney's. It's like Barney's, though. But, um... So I know there's been a lot Nord,
0: of... Nord, Nord,
1: Nord, Nordstrom. Oh, Nordstrom? You know, yeah, Nordstrom. Yeah. Yeah, com- companies like North, Nordstrom reaching out to them and, you know, paying them to do, you know, stuff. Uh, basically do modeling for them, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. it's just money that gets made around it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your music boosts your celebrity. And once you have celebrity, then other people come and, and, and want to associate themselves with you and pay you to wear their clothes and, you know, pay you to do stuff like that. So, you know, that's where the money comes, you know, mm-hmm. until the music reaches a certain point, you know? So it's like, unless the music reaches critical mass, that, that, that doesn't, you know, really like, equate to a lot of money you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. it's like the streams you know you're making like you know 0.005 you know per, of a cent you know <laughs> per stream so it's like these people you know they get in you know a hundred thousand hundreds of thousands of streams a month and it's not really resulting in anything really you know it's like a drop in a bucket you know revenue wise you know so it's like until they get to the point where You know, they get uh, adopted by these platforms, you know, once they get big enough, you know, then the platforms say, wow, this guy's got a following, you know, let us support him, you know, to kind of boost our platform, you know, until they get to that point, you know, then it's making money about everything else, man. And the shows, you know, they're not at the stage where they're going to do shows yet because you need... Because it's not just, you know, having people who are interested in the music. You have to have enough people where a percentage of them still results in a lot of people. So, you know, because you're only going to convert a percentage of the people who are interested. So you got a thousand people, you know, you get 10 percent of those people. That's not enough people. You know what I'm saying? To like go out there and do a tour, you know, because now you're spreading that thousand out, you know, amongst different cities, you know, different states, you know, things like that, man. So you look and you say, wow, I got a million fans. Okay, yeah, but you you break that down when you're looking at it on a worldwide scale, you split in a million people amongst every country in the world, every state, every city, you know, and then you break that down and it's like, well, you got 10 people here, 20 people there, you know, 10 people there. That's not enough to go to a city, a state or a city and do a show, you know. So it's like, yeah, man, you got to get those numbers up there, man. So it's like, like I said, for now, there's money being made around it from all the other things until that kind of uh, builds up into something.
0: Got it. So can you uh, talk about the importance of metadata and what that means to an artist and to a business person
1: and what, like why it's important? I mean, metadata is is data right and data is the wave of the future so it's like with things like especially with the smart speakers now alexa and all of that other stuff and the way that people are going to be searching for songs right because people are going to be talking to those things like they would talk to somebody it's like they would talk to a regular person so people might be you know trying to find songs based on lyrics you know where they just say a lyric people might be trying to find songs based on things like uh what they think the song title is like how uh, the Keyword. whip Nene, yeah, the the whip Nene. What the what the actual name of that song was? Like I don't even remember the actual name of that song. You uh, know, so it's, I
0: know what you're talking about. The one by
1: though Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like everybody knew it as the whip Nene. So if somebody yeah. is like in they, in they in they in they in they uh house and they talking to Alexa, they'll be like, hey Alexa, play play whip Nene, right? Mm-hmm. And if the metadata you know, has like tags in it, right? And they and they tag the song as grip nay nay and tag it, all of these different things, then it'll come up, right? And that's like the new battlegrounds, right? Because the record companies and they're making sure that any reference to anything, you know, brings their music to the forefront first. It's almost like search Google search results, right? Making mm-hmm. sure your song is the top result. So if somebody says, uh, play that song where they say, I got a big hat on, you know, making sure that one of their songs are the ones that come up when that person say that, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, that's where the new battlegrounds are going to be, you know, at you know, and now it's on for the for the digital distributors to kind of facilitate that, which a lot of them don't do because they don't have tags and stuff like that where they're gonna be fusing that type of metadata. The metadata that they allow you to provide now is just based on, you know, art song title, artist name, you know, that type of information. Producer, mm-hmm. you know, who produced, who wrote. Who the artist is what the song title is and that's pretty much it you know what genres it fits in you know hip-hop rap you know it's pretty generic in that way you know it's not providing you know all those other metadata's that you know are going to be you know uh relevant to these smart speakers in the way that people might be communicating with them
0: mm-hmm. now do you think uh because from what i'm kind of gathering through a lot of stuff that i watch it seems like the labels or the um the DSPs don't necessarily want to share the data with the artists. Do you think that's because they feel like they'll take that data and leave them, and you know they can go directly to the fans?
1: Oh yeah, I mean the digital service providers don't do it not because they fear because remember they're not in the market of selling you to an audience anyway. You know they're in the market of you know just di- distributing the music. You know and you they already got you boxed in there because apple music and the spotify's and stuff like that don't want to deal directly with the artists anyway right Mm -hmm. spotify say hey they open up direct uploads but that's exclusive to only a few artists they haven't opened it up to everybody right so you can't do digital distribution on your own you know unless you're just selling your music direct so -hmm. you need them for that so they don't really you know Uh, need to, like, restrict access to data they keep you. You know, you can't do digital distribution without them. They got you. They don't do it because it's just not something that's important to their business. And this this is what I was saying to you before about, you know, artists having certain knowledge and certain information where if the artists are picking distributors that provide them with access to data and advanced metrics because that's important to them, then that becomes a selling point, right? Mm -hmm. And when it becomes a selling point, then the distributors feel like it's worth it to invest in a team to develop those things because it's not something that they can just roll out of the bed and do. Those are things that they have to build, right? They have to build a dashboard. They have to build, you know, uh, programs to, you know, provide that kind of information you know so a lot of them just don't see the value in it they look and they say well these the the artists that we have they don't care about that stuff like that like so you know that's not gonna benefit us in any way you know it's not gonna bring us more artists they don't even because most artists don't even know what the hell to do with that data let alone you know so it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah they just don't they don't value it it's just numbers to them they look at it and they're like oh great two thousand people listen oh wow great, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not marketing and advertising to the extent where that, that, that information is relevant because that's what that information is for, really, you know, to look and say, okay, well, I have these types of people that send them my music, okay, when I advertise and I market, let me customize this stuff for this group and all this type of stuff, or let me tour here, those types of things, you know, and, like, something like Disco Kid, they don't have a lot of artists that's at that stage, a lot of those artists are just, you know, throwing out music, you know, so they don't Really care about advanced metrics because that stuff ain't relevant to them, you know. Mm. So it's just a matter of you know what's relevant to the artist, and that type of information ain't right now. So they don't feel the pressure to to add those things, right? The only platform that really provides those advanced metrics is uh, CD Baby, right? And even them, you know, it's it's not like crazy advanced, but it's the best, you know, of all of the all of the digital distributors that anybody can use. You know, CD Baby has the best stats. You know, they provide the best statistical data on streaming consumption and things like that. You know, now you have other distributors like, uh, what's their name? Uh, They're owned by Cobalt. I forget their name, man. Uh, Oh, man. Anyway, I forget their name, but it's another company that you got to apply to. Right. You got to submit. And, you know, they want to know your sales history and all that other stuff. And they'll listen to your music and decide Is whether it they'll. Orchard? No, 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 it's not the Orchard. It's uh, another company, man. Forget their name, but it will it might come to me later. But you got to yeah. apply to them and they decide whether they'll pick you up or not. But they provide a lot of statistical data about your your music and the streaming and who's streaming and you know what's your total uh, revenue across all of the streaming platforms and stuff like that but you see like think those things are exclusive to uh, a a group of upper echelon type of artists mm-hmm. you know and that's what I was telling you about the consolidation thing where everything is becoming hey we're not telling you nothing we're not giving you anything unless you're here and if you're not here then hey eh, sorry huh?
0: <laughs> that's, that's what I- it is now one of your yeah. other one of your other titles is um, being a marketer. So what are some of the best proven ways that artists can market themselves? Like do you feel like you have to have social media and be a part of that world or are there ways to do it without that? Like what have been the best ways that you've seen with the clients you work with?
1: I mean, there's a number of ways, right? They say what well, you don't pay for in money, you pay for in time. So you can invest a lot of time right into Communicating with people direct and making people feel special, right? Where you 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 do cover songs, you do you know certain things like that, and you put that out there, and you reach out to people individually, and you know and and, and have these conversations with them, and they say something nice, and you say something back, like oh thank you, appreciate you, and you do that type of thing, you know, and you build up fan to fan slowly, right? Through things like that, man. Social media, you know, is not. Uh, a tool that people need unless they're going to actually communicate with people. It's it's, it's a social platform and that's the thing that people forget, right? They think, hey, I'm going to just jump on Twitter or Instagram, post music and wait for the bucks to start rolling in. And it's like, yo, these platforms are platforms that are for people to be able to communicate with people that they have interest in. So if people don't have interest in you and you jump on Twitter or Instagram, you're not talking to anybody but yourself. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you go there and you sign up and you have no fans. And then what you do is you get your friends and your family to follow you because they're on there, right? So you follow your friends, they follow you. You follow your family, they follow you. And then you post your music and all you promoting your music to is your friends and family. You know what I'm saying? You don't even now, you You don't even have demographics to like build out because you're not going to be if you try to target the people that you see consuming your music on Instagram and Twitter. You're not targeting actual fans. It's just reflecting your peer group. It's reflecting the demographics of your family. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if your your aunt listens to Mahalia Jackson and she streams your music because you posted and she want to support you as her nephew. You know, you go to Spotify and you say, "Who are my similar artists?" And they say Mahalia Jackson. And it's like you do trap music, like Mahalia. Jackson is not, you you know, you're a similar artist, you know, but it's like, yeah. So it's like your data be all mucked up, you know, but people are jumping on these platforms and thinking, Hey, well, this is about, this is about people are jumping on these platforms and they thinking that it's about, you know, them, uh, just being there and it's not you know it's about whether people are interested in you so the platforms can be effective if you're going to go there with a strategy right if you understand how to bring attention to yourself on there you understand you know uh getting involved with those hashtags that they do not not just any hashtags you know to promote it the promotion hashtags right where they do like uh uh what you call it like uh the challenges the mob deep challenge and the mm-hmm. this challenge and that challenge you know you get involved with those things things, you know, where people are actually following those hashtags to see what people are doing, you know, like uh, using hashtags that, because hashtags can be, like hashtags are ranked in popularity, not based on how many people are actually like watching them, but based on how many people are using them, you know, so you can have a situation where everybody's talking and nobody's listening, you know, Mm -hmm. so you look at a hashtag and you say, well, Follow Friday is number one in trending, but it's like nobody is like Googling follow Friday and looking for who to follow, you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is number one, just because everybody is using it. Everybody's hashtag and follow Friday, you know, so you don't want to get caught up in that. Right. You want to use the hashtags that people are actually following, you know, take advantage of things like when they do these award shows and they say hashtag, you know, uh, AMA, you know, awards or whatever you know, you jump on that and do a freestyle or sing a song or something like that and people are following that and even in the award shows, they look and they say, well, so-and-so tweeted blah 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 blah." you know, and they're they using that to follow who's saying stuff about their award show, so it's like you jumping on those types of things and utilizing it in that way right, and the covers and all of that that, that brings attention to yourself, and if you are promoting original music then it's advertising, right, and advertising, you know, is its own thing, right, with the type of uh, ad Uh, creative that you utilize, you know, video clips and GIFs, animated GIFs and things like that, you know, and we're advertising, man, a lot of data is involved in that too, you know, the metrics, man, and understanding, you know, who are the people that's responding and optimizing campaigns to kind of focus in on the people that's responding and things like that. And unless you know about your audience, the more expensive that's going to be, because it's almost like you, it's like one of those, uh, you know, those dark, that dark game, right? Where they got the circles, right? With the target, Mm -hmm. you know, you got that, if you don't know anything about your audience, you starting at that, 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 outer layer that, that made that big circle, right? The top one, right? And the closer (laughs) you get to your audience is the core audience is the closer you get to that target. So if you are somebody that's been doing covers and promoting, you know, the cover, Covers and doing all those types of things and you've been building up a fan base like that then you can come and you can say okay well I have these people who have been listening to my music already you know and then you know you can dig into that audience and identify you know who those fans are and the type of music they listen to and that brings you closer to getting reaching your target audience, which is gonna be cheaper. You know, it's gonna be cheaper because it's less investigation that goes involved. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing that drives up pricing with advertising, is the investigative part, right? It's is hey, I don't know who, so you gotta try all these different ad groups. Hey, let me try hip hop, let me try uh let me try R and B, let me try pop, okay, let's try these types of artists, let's target Taylor Swift. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's let's try her okay that didn't work all right let's try uh jay-z all right that that did okay but uh maybe now now let's try you know it's a lot of uh experimenting you know trying different artist groups different age groups all this other stuff until you find the ones that are the right ones you know and then once you find those then you gotta you know reach more of those people so you got to spend all of that money to investigate and then you got to spend more money to to, to to reach the people who you identify are your target audience so mm-hmm. the less you know the more expensive it is right you know
0: so yeah yeah man a lot of jewels just in that piece right there i I know that's definitely gonna help people kind of just have more of a focus about what they should be doing on these social media platforms so thank you for sharing that um another part i know we touched on it earlier a little bit about the music modernization act but it was a big thing that was going on this year so in a nutshell can you like break down what that is and what it means for content creators
1: I mean, the Music Modernization Act just makes it so, right, it's supposed to make the process of collecting mechanical royalties easier, right? That was like the main thing that, you know, most artists were excited about. It also, I think, makes it so uh, people who made music before 1972 can collect like digital royalties so they work, you know? So I think that's another aspect of it, right, if I'm not mistaken. You know, also, it allows people to or allows people who are producers, like not like people who make the beat, but like producers who like orchestrate stuff. They 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 basically help formulate the sound, you know, bring in assessing musicians and Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, usually those people don't get uh, royalties directly from royalty collection societies like Sound Exchange, don't pay them, you know, ASCAP, don't pay them, things like that. You know, they don't get money from that engineers people who engineer the music they don't get get no royalties from that and now you know they'll be able to actually get royalties directly from a sound exchange or something like that for the role that they play in making the music so it 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 changes those types of things but for most creators you know it's the it's the mechanical royalty aspect of it and what it does is it forms a a society right another third-party company um i believe it's the the is it the the mechanical something it's the MC, MC, MLC or something like that music uh, mechanical licensing collective or something yeah. you know and- yeah and 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 now Rather than, you know, they're basically like Harry Fox agency, but without artists having to release through a third party. So Mm -hmm. before it was just Harry Fox agency. And if you were an independent artist that was self-published, you know, then it was just, you know, you weren't getting your mechanicals. Now, you know, with the MLC, you know, you register with the MLC and when Spotify will pay, it's almost like ASCAP, right, where uh, Spotify will pay a blanket license to the MLC to use everything. Whatever it is they want to use, they get to use now, you know, and they pay that blanket license to the MLC. And then the artist is responsible for registering with the MLC and getting in mechanical royalties. And any issue that you have, you have to take it up with the MLC. Now, Spotify and Apple Music are out of it. You can't sue them. You can't take any action against them because it's not on them anymore. Now it's on the MLC. They pay them, you get your money from them. Right. So now it's supposed to be a situation where it's like, oh, well, now everybody will get their mechanical royalties because all they got to do is register with the MLC to get their mechanical royalties, you know, and that's supposed to be like the main thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't register with the, if you don't register with the MLC, you know, then after three years, you know, your royalties expire, you know, you lose them and they go to the top income earners. So anybody that don't get on that and register with them, you know, then they're just going to lose their royalties, you know.
0: So it's not the uh, the artist who's putting out the song doesn't have the responsibility of uh, getting like a letter of direction anymore. You don't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not, you know, you know, it, as I said, everything is going to flow through the MLC. So it's not even something where they got to uh, send out letters of direction you know because it's not like notifying they're just paying the ml they, they're they paying a blanket license mm-hmm. so they pay the mlc whatever the blanket license is and then they just tell the ml send the mlc a list of whatever songs they played. you know and then it's the mlc's responsibility now to locate whatever songwriters or whoever it is music they use and pay those people and if those artists or songwriters aren't registered with the mlc then they just lose their money after three years. You know, the MLC will keep the money for three years. And if those artists never claim it, then it just, they just lose it.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: So. Yeah. And also it's supposed to increase the, the, um, the royalty rate. Cause oh, it, I okay. think it used to be tied to like, uh, uh, basically the, the, uh, what what was set by the royalty, the copyright uh board or whatever, you know, and now it's supposed to be more so in line with, uh, what the record companies are getting paid you know so whatever they agree to it's supposed to be almost like not an open market because it's still like a, a captive market to some extent right but it's supposed to consider more what 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 what's being paid on the open market you know it's supposed to take that into consideration in regards to how much you know they they charge these platforms for mechanical licensing you know so it should increase the mechanical royalty rate and it's supposed to allow everybody to be able to collect you know but the main thing i'm keeping an eye on and i'm looking out for is who they put in charge of it because that's what what it what what really you know will will impact its effectiveness because Mm -hmm. they put sound they created sound exchange you know to collect royalties on everybody's behalf and sound exchange makes it really difficult for people to register right like where it's Mm -hmm. like you got to send them a voided check, you know, and we yeah. in this digital age where everybody's got digital bank accounts and nobody is really sitting around with a checkbook, you know, so people's like a check, yeah, <laughs> you know, order some <laughs> if you don't have it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You tell, you tell a 19 year old send a send a voided check. They're scratching they scratching their head right now. Like a, a <laughs> check. What the hell is that? You know? So it's like, yeah, they make it difficult in that way, you know, and then with royalty collection, right. They, they have this thing where it's like, well, if you, cause you're being paid fractions of a penny, right? So then they say, well, if you don't make them out, uh, like I think like a hundred dollars or something like that, you know, then, you know, you don't not only do you not get a royalty check, but they don't send you a royalty statement, which I feel like is the the, the, the criminal aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Because it's like. I should at least be able to see whether I'm earning anything, you know, what I'm saying, because what if what if I'm getting the plays on a station that's supposed to be paying royalties, but y'all just missing it? right or Mm -hmm. or or the 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 station isn't paying right then it's like if you send me a statement then i can say all right cool well i got 20 plays on this station you know i should have been paid this what's up you know what i'm saying Or i i at least know how close i am to reaching the threshold if you're telling me hey we'll let you know when you when you make a (laughs) hundred dollars you know what i'm saying like you could be lying to me i don't know yeah yeah Yeah, so it's like if they allow a company like that to be in charge of it you know which is being secretive about what the artists make and not allowing them to see what's going on and allowing them to see their they streams and stuff like that and make the the sign the registration process so complicated because like i said we in this digital age and they make it so well you got to print a pdf and fill it out and scan it into your computer and you know all of this type of nonsense right mm-hmm. it's like a company like that's no bueno you know that's gonna mean a lot of artists aren't gonna get registered. And if they do get registered, they're probably not gonna be uh, registered do it like effectively, right? Because right. a lot of people don't even know whether they're really registered with Sound Exchange or not. And then when it comes to collecting, they're not even gonna know whether they owe money or, you know, or what, you know, and by the time they figure it out, the money might be expired, you know, and paid yeah. out to somebody else. So it's like, you know, it's really gonna be a big thing about who's in control of that man, who's yeah. in power. You know, and whether they have uh, some type of group that's that that runs it, because they got to choose like a board of directors and and the, and the main publishers, you know, want to be the the people who are the board on the board of directors. And if that's the case, then you know they're going to manipulate everything to make sure that because, like I said again, they get the money. If the money goes uncollected, the major publishers get that money. Mm-hmm. So if they're the ones that serve on the board. What incentive is there to make sure that everybody collects their money when if everybody doesn't collect their money, they get it, you know? there is none you know it's uh, it's the incentive and in, is in the up is the other direction is in the other direction you know mm-hmm. it's to make the, the the getting registered as complicated as possible you know so you don't get registered so you don't collect you know so they they get that money you know so that's where the the battlegrounds is going to be last so it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's all happy day for the fact that yeah the royalty rate might go up and for the fact that you don't have to, you know, release through a third party, and you can be a self-published artist and collect. But then it's like, okay, well, how is this going to shake out in regards of you actually being able to register and actually being able to collect? And if they're going to put anybody in charge of it, that's going to really like serve the purpose of the artist that they're being put there to serve. You know?
0: Yeah, because if it's going up, that's good. But if it's still going to the major publishers and not you, then you're still losing at the end of the day
1: yeah you still not get you still in the same position you still got the same thing you always had you know yeah
0: so i got uh two more questions left um so i I'm gonna flip the way i'm asking. them. so this one is kind of more so like for people who are starting out they don't have any help no knowledge of the music business no mentors what are the steps that you would say that they should take in regards to the business for every artist songwriter label or publisher to make sure that they're maximizing their opportunity for income streams. Like what are the things you would say, sign up with or make sure you register with or societies you should be a part of what would be your list? If you had a list.
1: I mean, if I had a list, man, I wouldn't even be. Yeah. And I'm, I'm giving like advice that I know a lot of lawyers and stuff would be like, no, but I'm like the main thing is to get out there. The main thing is to get exposure, right? Because a lot of the paperwork is you protecting something that uh, as of right now has no value, right? and a lot of times artists get caught up with that the paperwork and they and they want to waive that stuff and they say hey my music is registered I'm registered with, with ASCAP I'm registered with BMI I got my music I got my music It's copyrighted and all this other stuff and then they got no money to promote it so now you got you got protections out the ass for something that has no value you it's like having it's like putting it's like buying a safe for like 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 uh like like some type of expired Uh, expired pumpkin pumpkin pie or something like you got a rotten pumpkin pie and you put in a whole bunch of money and protecting it like i'm gonna buy a safe i'm gonna buy a lock to put on a safe i'm gonna buy a a a storage bin that's 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 like fort knox and it's like well who's trying to steal this shit you know (laughs) know what i'm saying nobody wants this you know so it's like at the end of the day the main thing is to try to bring value to the table man bring Mm. value. You know, so it, it, my advice to an artist that's starting out, is like, yo, how are you going to bring people to the cup? How are you going to get them there? How are you going to get your music heard? Get people listening, get people, and when people like it, how are you going to bring, How what, what type of relationship are you going to build with that person to make sure they does, just don't drop off into the abyss? You know, like those are the things that you got to work on, you know? Things like, like your presentation, you know, like how are you showcasing your music to the world? Things like, you know, uh, your persona, You know, and the way that you're going to be perceived when you put your music out, you know, like what you want people to think of you, things like that, man. Those are the things that's really like the most important things, man. How are you going to get your music out there? Everything else, you know, you can kind of take care of, you know, later on. You know, because it's like if you ask cap it up and copyright it up, you know, those things, I mean, copyright in particular, right? Everybody wants, hey, you got to copyright your music. You got to copyright your music. Copyright is about li- litigation, right? It's about mm-hmm. being able to sue people. If you don't have the money to file for lawsuits and to go to court and have, pay for lawyers and stuff like that your copyright is essentially ineffective you can't even enforce it you know what i'm saying so if somebody somebody infringes on your copyright and you can't afford to sue them how you stopping you know what are you doing about that you know so it's like you got a copyright Hey, oh happy day You know what I'm saying? You can maybe deter some people. But if somebody is motivated and wants to steal your stuff, you can't stop them. You can't do anything about it. You know, so it's like, yeah, that's that's important, you know, for maybe down the line, you know, but you can file a copyright uh, like a day before you sue somebody, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like it's not the end of the world if you don't have that, you know, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, all of that type of stuff. The PROs, that's only something that you're going to make money from realistically, If you're getting radio airplay on like the major radio stations, and getting TV airplay or, or getting like your music played on TV shows, major TV shows and stuff like that. And you're getting like a, a a heavy amount of streams. If you're not getting like hundreds of thousands of streams and you're not getting played on mainstream radio or like some type of BDS monitor station, you know, then you're probably not gonna see no money from them either. So it's like the main thing is, is building value. It's building value. And yeah, you wanna be registered with all of those things. So yeah, you wanna get registered with a PRO, ASCAP, you know bmi csac one of those guys pick one get registered with them you want to register with a song trust right so you can collect your mechanical royalties whatever pennies you get right you want to get registered with sound exchange so you can make sure you know you get your digital performance royalties you know you want to make sure you register with all of those companies you register with those guys song trust uh sound exchange ASCAP, you should be good to go you know, that's pretty much all you need to collect all of the royalties that you owe from publishing and mechanical and stuff like that. You're good to go from there. Right. But. You're still tasked with the challenge of bringing the value. Right. You, you do all of that and you cannot just sit back, cross your legs and put your hands up and be like, oh, I'm done. You know, it's then then the real work starts. That's just the light work. The real work starts. And that's in. You know, actually building up a fan base and getting people to care about it, you know, because none of that stuff means anything until, you know, people care about the stuff, until people care about the music and start buying it, you know. And it's like, you look at a lot of these artists, man, it's like, shit, man, you got artists who are successful and make a lot of money that didn't do none of that. And the artists that did do all that, but didn't do anything to really promote themselves, they ain't nowhere, (laughs) you know. So it's like, yeah, man, you know.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true, man. So uh, my last question is, so I know you've seen a lot and experienced a lot, learned a lot, shared a lot. What is your ultimate goal to achieve within the music industry?
1: Oh, man, I don't know, man. I don't know if I really got a goal like that, man. I mean, my my goal is a personal goal, right? And that's to pretty much provide for my kids and my family and to put them on a path you know, to being good people, you know, and being self-sufficient and things like that. So like, that's my personal goal, mm-hmm. right? And the music thing is just a a, mechan- a, mechan- a mechanism to achieve that and not in regards of just what i do with pay us no mom but the consultations and all of that other stuff that's about that you know and i want to build that up to an extent for what it what it means for the family you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. also just to provide information it's it's not really like a goal in the sense of hey here's what i'm working towards but i want to provide information for artists i want to educate artists you know what i'm saying as many artists as i can i want to help as many people as i can you know and i want to do as much good as i can do in this world you know you know that's that's within my capabilities you know so anything I can do to make a positive mark on the world through music or whatever you know I'm I'm gonna try to do you know and I guess that's a goal right so yeah, yeah. No,
0: definitely I mean do you uh do you do panels and stuff as well because I know like you are somebody that actually goes in and researches and does the work and I've watched videos where I've seen them have people on panels that were Given wrong information and I only noticed because it's like I was going through that process at the time or you know I'll see things in certain books that I've read that are supposed to be by prestigious music industry professionals but the information is wrong it can be simple things like yo they charge this amount to sign up with the PRO but I'm like nah that's incorrect or they're saying something about a distributor and these things are incorrect Um, so I was asking are you going and doing panels and stuff like that you know, schools or, you know, music industry events? Because I think you being in the field and like testing the water is better than somebody who has like somebody studying under them and trying to figure it out. So it's not firsthand knowledge. I think having people like you on these panels will benefit the uh, their target market. Yeah.
1: I don't think they want me on these panels, man. He's
0: <laughs> <laughs> giving the truth.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't want me on these panels, man. Because it's a boys club, man. It's a lot of people who are in bed with each other. You know, mm-hmm. like this guy that's like uh, working with these guys and that guy that works with that guy you know so it's a lot of that stuff and nobody is really being completely honest about what's going on because mm-hmm. what you notice about with a lot of these panels man a lot of them got something to sell and then i look at this the panelists and i'm like oh, all these guys just represent their companies they're just up there trying to sell shit and it's like i don't i don't want to go to hear your pitch you know i'm mm-hmm. coming to learn something you know what i'm saying and yeah. it's like oh at the end of the day man i mean i think back in the days when they first started out you know it was a lot of information information. information floating around but now it's just like people know that you know a lot of artists are coming there so a lot of people are just coming and you know just trying to get money man they come in and they're just talking up their service and not really even providing any information man it's just like use our platform it's yeah. like, blah, 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 sign up that. <laughs> give us $10 a month and you'll be successful. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, the artist ain't leaving out with nothing, man. You know, like I, I remember one thing in CD Baby, man, the guy did something, man, where he was like showing them how to advertise on Facebook for cheap. That was the name of of the, the workshop or whatever he was doing. And he didn't teach that at all. He just got up there and talked about himself and the artists that he represent and what he was able to do for the artists that he represent. And tell them, hey, if they join his membership group, and I was just like, oh, this is just a sales uh, pitch. (laughs) This is not teaching them nothing. Yeah, yeah, man. But yeah, man, they, 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 yeah. It's like it's a boys' club, man. You know. So it's like, if anything, man, I might maybe do my own workshop or something, man, Mm -hmm. and and try to present that, man, and 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 go into the schools or something. I I, I've never been. I'm I'm a bit of a recluse. I ain't even going front. You know what I'm saying? I'm not much of a people person like that, man. So like that might set be a
0: camera, do your
1: own thing. Yeah. Yeah. That might be something I might have to like collaborate with somebody on, you know, mm-hmm. work with somebody else that yeah. likes to talk to people more than I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and have them go out and set something up and then I just come in and, you know, do my thing, man. Cause yeah. I'm not the person to be like negotiating with people or sitting down and having these discussions with folks and stuff, man. It's, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not in my wheelhouse. Gotcha
0: well gif i mean i asked a lot of questions you know got a lot from you but i want to know is there anything that i missed that i didn't touch on that you want to share or you feel like is important to leave the audience with
1: ah man i think we had a good conversation man you know it was a good conversation man. i i like i like to talk i like to talk about this stuff man Uh i enjoy it you know i mean thanks for Giving me opportunity to talk about it. You know, it saves me from talking about it to my wife, who, you know, <laughs> might be like, oh, oh this guy's going off in this music thing. Yeah. You know? So I, I was definitely like, yeah. understand. I mean, I'm the yeah. same
0: way. I've been mean, talking about stuff you're like tuning out. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like,
1: I need yeah, somebody to like, say it to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you gotta talk to somebody, man. Yeah. To, to them it's like it's almost like you're talking about sports. You start talking about basketball. Yeah, like, oh my it's God, like another okay.
0: language. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's great to talk about it, man. So it's all good, man, and I appreciate it, man. Definitely so, I mean,
0: like likewise, man. So um if you just wanna let people know where they can find you at, you know, your social media, email, however they wanna reach you, if they have any questions, just you know, share your platforms. Anything yeah, that you I mean, need to promote, you know, pay us no mind, any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could just go to the ch- the YouTube channel, man, pay us no mind, you know, it's youtube.com slash pay us no mind, you know, um, on Twitter, I'm at pay us no mind, on Instagram, I'm real underscore pay us no mind, you know, I share a lot of information, man, on those places, you know, if they want to email me, they can email me pay us no mind at gmail.com. You know, so it's like, I'm out there, man. I'm out there in cyberspace. Anybody want to link up, you know, and, and talk to me about anything? Anybody want to, you know, uh, tell me I'm wrong about something? Because I know that's what people love to do, right? You <laughs> always are like, everybody always knows better. Well, actually, that'd be like the main debates you get into. And, you know, listen, just know if you hit me up and you're wrong, I'm going to correct you once and then I'm going to skip out on the conversation. I'm not going back and forth with nobody with wrong information. You ever you ever did that, man, where somebody hit you up and they say, hey, well, you know, this was inaccurate. And you're like, yo, listen, bro, here's the statement from the from their website. Here's the correct information. And they just will not accept the fact that they're wrong. Like, that's yeah. like a big thing with the internet, man. Nobody wants to accept that they're wrong. People will be wrong and strong, you know, and it's like, it's almost like if you live in New York, if you ever been in New York, you ride the subway and you have somebody talking to you, right? And you think that that person is a regular person and that they're sane, right? So you might be holding the conversation with them. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, I love my mother. And you be like, oh, where'd you love your mother? I love my mother too, that's great. And then they'd be like, yeah, she's a dirty, trashy. And then you're like, oh, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. And then you recognize that and you start moving away. Like, all right, let me let me step away from this guy. Let me go to another cart. This guy's yeah. a maniac.
0: Yeah. You gotta yeah, let people like learn that. on
1: their own. Yeah, it'd be like that on online, yo. Where you have a debate with somebody and then midway through the conversation you recognize, oh this guy's a nut. Like, mm-hmm. all right, okay. Let me just let me just uh mosey on away from this.
0: Yeah. But to me that's just A sign of you doing something right and you do have a, a impact in this world, you know, in terms of what you're focused on Because they wouldn't be on your page if they didn't have some, you know, if you weren't offering something. So yeah, like, yeah you know, definitely people only go to places where they feel like you know there's something there and, and they either want to you know battle with that person or they can gain some type of clout, or there will be some type of acknowledgement they want your acknowledgement so i heard people said uh there's a saying no publicity is bad publicity yeah yeah.
1: So, you know, yeah. so they yeah, might send right. somebody I, to your
0: page and say, Hey, this guy is wrong. Look what he wrote or look at his video. But, hey, that person might end up believing every word you say.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't care about if they send people there. I just, like I said, man, them debates, man, when they, when they, when they, when they, when they say something stupid and then you got to correct them, you know, because people be dumb sometimes, man. And then they spread their ignorance. That's got be the worst part when they want to spread their ignorance and like, we like, yes. Here's how this thing works. And it's like, that's not how it works, bro. And you're going to lead somebody down the wrong path. Yeah, man. But all in all, man, it's all good, man. It's all love. Like I said, man, I appreciate this chat. You know, and for everybody out there, I hope you guys get something out of it, man. You know? Oh, definitely. It's so, the t- good. T-
0: tons of information <laughs> in this episode. So thank you, man. I appreciate you stopping by.
1: All right, bro. All right, fella.
0: All right. Thanks. How we going?
1: All right. You too, man. Appreciate